comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to our 2021 MLS season preview and prediction show. This is the Stateside Soccer Show, and I am your host. I am also a man who is known for being very famous on TV, (laughs) Jordan Wiegand. (laughs) And with me today is a man with a hairline for radio. It's Logan Stump. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why we don't YouTube, YouTube. But now we're breaking into YouTube, and the first joke is immediately about my... And then, like, I just touched my hairline and everything. and Yeah, it's pretty much gone. It's pretty much gone. Yeah. Uh, did you see me on TV last night? I did. No, I did. I, I. You know what's funny is I didn't see you until I saw... Because I remember what Joy was wearing, not you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but Joy was uh, like, I saw Joy coming down the stairs at back oh. towards your seat. So I saw her come down. I was like, that's Joy. So then I just followed Joy down the stairs because I couldn't tell exactly which one was you. But then eventually, once she got down to you, I was like, that's definitely Jordan because I could see your blue hood on the back. Yeah. Look at this for our visual watchers. Nurgold <laughs> is me <laughs> on the end with my wife next to me she's looking up this is uh when uh elliot uh just smacks it all the way up 10 rows or so and we're looking at this guy catching it over there so fun time good seats though you know what it's deceptively good deceptively good yeah i sat down and i was like oh my god this is great this is fantastic until the game started (laughs) Because then the game starts, and I realize I have to do this for our audio listeners. I am hunched over because I couldn't see some of the players due to the crossbar on the goal. So I had to either put my head underneath of it so I could see through the net, <laughs> or I had to stand up and look over. So Yeah. Uh, but, a lot of people are standing up. but It was great. We had uh, a great time. We had, um, I think it was like 9,000 fans there. We had... Uh, you know, all of the attack in the first half was towards our end. But, of course, they didn't score until they were facing the river end. So, is what it is. I got to meet Todd, frequent guest Todd mm. Lewis of the Free Kick Pod. Got to meet him. And uh, ran into our good friend Rich, former roommate Rich. So, it was a great time. Uh, you know, the the 
we should have five MLS teams into the quarterfinals um, of the Champions League, uh, unless Columbus really botches it tonight. Uh, but we're recording this before Columbus plays. Um, if you're listening to the audio version, it's like seven o'clock on Thursday. So uh, we're having some fun, though. You know, having some fun. We're gonna enjoy our preseason video and yeah i'm super i'm super excited for this logan uh what was your um any takeaways here from those uh toronto beat leon uh you know the union one we had atlanta confirm their way through um i'm I'm missing a team no columbus tonight um well i only named four who was the other uh portland Portland, yeah, Portland yeah. in style, right? Yeah, they smashed them. Um, no, I really, I, I really enjoyed the games. I actually thought that the, I mean, as much as uh, as much uh, of excitement as there was for uh, the first Atlanta game, I felt like the the other two games were uh, way more fun to watch. The Philly game and Portland's game. Um, Toronto game was really good. It was much more like. Uh, just trying to hold on at the end. I think there were some tired legs, so I think that there was some issues with guys not playing and, and guys that hadn't played um, much against one another and with each other. So, um, but no, I, I, I did. I, I the the Portland game was a lot of fun to watch, and I think it shows just how good they can be. Philadelphia's game really showed just how good that they are still, um, which we'll get into. And then I think the Atlanta game was, it, it you know with the players missing with kind of the weird, like they weren't playing at Mercedes Benz. I don't know where they were. Um, some kind of other park. I have no idea where yeah, they were. Yeah. They but. use, they use another stadium for these cup matches sometimes. Yeah. So they were, you know, away from home and it was, it was good to see fans back. A lot of the, the you know, the Atlanta fans are really passionate. So I think that that was fun to watch, but Portland and Philly, uh, I think they stole the night um, last night. So in, in the night before. So I think that, you know, Watching those two teams play uh, felt pretty good about the season predictions we're about to get into. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to say about it. I, I, you know, some people saying Saprisa, you know, didn't look good. Uh, they didn't, but uh, you still got to beat them, right? And uh, I'm not going to take too much stock into these Champions League results just because, you know, it's still early. We'll see how it goes. So I'm trying not to have these Champions League results reflect, uh, you know, like change my mm-hmm. preseason predictions. So, uh, but I'm excited. So h- how do we want to get this started here? We want to go through the table first or through the uh, like Golden Boot, Manager of the Year, MVP stuff? I say we go through the table first and then get to the accolades after because I think the accolades will kind of give away where we think people are <laughs> a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Um, so did you want to give you want to start from the bottom up or do we want to go top down? Let's go from the bottom up, uh, just for fun, I think. So let's start in the bottom of the west. So, um, in third, do you want me to just read the whole table? I think I just read the whole yeah, table, yeah, that's one. fine. Yeah, so uh, 13th, I have Vancouver, uh, 12th, I have Houston. 11th is RSL, 10th is Austin, 9th is San Jose, 8th is LA Galaxy, 7th FC Dallas, Colorado, 6th 
SK, or SKC, uh, fifth, Seattle Sounders, fourth, Minnesota, third, LAFC, second. And I've got Portland at the top of the West to round out the West. Nice. Do you want me to go ahead and yeah, you can do, do my West? West? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I think we're pretty similar. I have number 13, Vancouver Whitecaps. Sorry, Sam. I got Houston, number 12. I got RSL, number 11. Houston, number 10. Uh, not, not Houston, sorry. Austin, number 10. Did I say, what did I say? Houston. You twice? said Houston again, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Austin. Uh, both of them end in in and are uh, Texas. Uh, so <laughs> that's, Austin's that's 10. Rude. Uh, San Jose, 9th. Uh, Rapids, 8th. So just making the playoffs, I have the Galaxy. Dallas in sixth, Seattle in fifth, Sporting KC in fourth, Minnesota in third, LAFC in second, and Portland winning the West. Yeah, I would say that the bottom of our West is pretty good. I I think the West, and we'll get into the storylines and stuff, the headlines, and I think we'll go back and re- uh, redo kind of like where we are um, as far as positioning and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the West ended up being pretty similar, but uh, I guess I'll move it on to the East and then we'll head into the headlines and then we can kind of go team by team and look at where we have them placed again, just so, so that the viewers and the listeners can both uh, kind of, because that was just a, a long list, but my, my East yeah. uh, looks like this. It's got Montreal 14th, DC 13th, enter uh, at 12. I've got Chicago at 11. FC Sensi at 10, Red Bulls at 9, NYCFC at 8, Toronto in 7th, Nashville in 6th, Atlanta in 5th, Orlando 4th, Union 3rd, New England 2nd, and Columbus at the top of the East. All right. Uh, I have uh, probably a little similar. I have Montreal in 14th, Chicago in 13th. DC United in 12th, Miami in 11th, NYCFC in 10th, uh, Cincinnati in 9th, Red Bulls in 8th, Nashville in 7th, just making the playoffs, <laughs> uh, Toronto FC in 6th, uh, yeah. Orlando in 5th, Union in 4th, the Revs in 3rd, Atlanta in second and Columbus crew winning the East. That's pretty solid. I, you know, going through these, it was so hard. Uh, Jordan and I, um, through the different previews that we did. So going back through each of the 27 previews, <laughs> we were like, Oh yeah, this team will be fourth or this team will be, uh, you know, Right at the cusp of playoffs. Well, Jordan, they can't all be at the cusp of the playoffs, and I think that's what we they can't. <laughs> that's what we quickly found out. I mean, maybe they can. Maybe what people don't understand is that we did the point totals exactly like points per game and everything. We have the whole list ready to get. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah, no, thank um, you. Could you imagine if uh, all these teams we just were like, oh yeah, they're going to tie for ninth? It'd be like, come on now, uh, and they're going to go through on goal differential. They can um, finish anywhere from first to fourteenth. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, uh, did you see there was a bunch of stuff going around because everybody's doing their previews right now. And um, it looks like everybody just 
kind of attacks people for their predictions. I'm like, they're they're just predictions. I mean, they're it's not anything I hold against a team. It's it's yeah. Where we're I gonna we're gonna be wrong on a few of these, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so for our visual, our watchers here, I'm going to put up who we have winning. Um, Logan's predictions first here on the West. We'll read them aloud again, but just for our visual learners here. Uh, we have, and it even has our MLS Cup picks and our um, uh, Supporter Shield picks here, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But Logan's predictions, number one in the West, Portland, also has them winning uh, the Supporter Shield. Number two in the West is LAFC. He has them winning MLS Cup. Uh, number three is Minnesota United. Four, Seattle. Five, Sporting. Six, the Rapids. Seven, FC Dallas. Eight, the Galaxy, 9, the Quakes, 10, Austin, 11, RSL, 12, Houston, 13, Whitecaps. This is also going to be, uh, what, tweeted out tomorrow and yeah, uh, Instagrammed out tomorrow? Yep, I'll tweet them and post them. Or the Instagram. day that you're listening to the podcast, um, yep. Friday, if you're listening before that. Uh, my West here, we have my predictions. Number one, the Timbers, Supporter Shield winners. Number two, LAFC. Number three, Minnesota. I have them winning MLS Cup. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> that's a shout-out there to uh, AJ Final third, Jack guys, from huh? Final Third. Yeah. Uh, number four, Sporting. Five, Seattle. Six, Dallas. Seven, Galaxy. Eight, the Rapids. I do think they're going to go down a bit. We'll talk about that in a, in a second. Nine, the Quakes. Uh, Ten, Austin. Eleven, RSL. Twelve, Houston. Thirteen, Whitecaps and taking a look over at Logan's Eastern Conference. The crew in first, the Revs in second, the Union in third, Orlando in fourth, Atlanta in fifth, Nashville in sixth, Toronto in seventh, NYCFC in eighth, Red Bulls in ninth, Cincinnati in tenth, Chicago in eleventh, Miami in twelfth, DC United in thirteenth, and with the wooden spoon, love to foot Montreal. Uh, and yeah. you'll see something similar here for mine. I have Montreal <laughs> with the wooden spoon. I have Crew in first, Atlanta in second, Revs in third, uh, Union in fourth, Orlando in fifth, Toronto, Nashville, Red Bulls, Cincinnati. Then in tenth, we have NYCFC, Miami in eleventh, DC United in twelfth, Chicago in thirteenth, and like I said, Montreal with four. Uh, in 14th with the wooden spoon. So pretty excited. We'll, we'll post those up one more time before we head out of here as well. But uh, now for the deeper part of the show, do we want to go headlines now or do we want to go golden boot winners, uh, manager of the year, stuff like that? Let's go. You know, let's go with the, with the um, superlatives. Just, yeah. Let's go with some superlatives and then we'll get into a deep dive and kind of remind people as we exit out, um, and kind of go over the season. Uh, we'll go through the headlines and kind of talk about the teams again. Yeah. Uh, I think we have the same golden boot winner. We we're, we're a really boring <laughs> show. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I have Carlos <laughs> Vela uh, with 32 goals. And I came to that goal total by looking at what it took the past, like, five years <laughs> yeah. to yeah. win golden boot. And I was like, okay, I think 32 might do it. Uh, who do you have, Logan? With, I was going to uh, say, this is going to be a shocking... Shocking one. 
it's Carlos Vela. <laughs> I, like you said, Jordan, I went back in the last five Golden Boot winners and uh, the ones that had a regular season, I was like 26, 24, 27, 30 something. I was like, uh, 27 feels about right, right? Mm-hmm. Stuck in between the middle of those. So, yeah, I, I went with Vela um, and we'll get into LAFC as we get down towards the bottom of the headlines. Nice. Uh, we have manager of the year. Uh, you stole my pick. I, I posted this a while ago uh, when you, you tweeted out something on the Stateside Show Twitter handle saying, mm. uh, who's going to win manager of the year? I did a gif of Giovanni Savarisi. And then when I'm looking over the show notes, who do I see Logan picked as coach of the year? Are you sticking with it? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Actually, all right. Uh, Okay, so here's my story. I knew that that was going to happen. I saw your show notes, and I was like, you know what? I I don't really think so. I I I really have a hard time picking against the team that I think ends up going the furthest as far as like you know from where they were last year and doing well this year. Um, You know, I I I think that a team's going to play really well, um, particularly. Um, and, and I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Caleb Porter. And yeah, I know that I didn't pick right. Columbus to win either of those, but uh, uh, trophies. But I do you think for, I, I think that just the way that Columbus is going to improve off of last year, they've gotten a lot better. Because um, you can't you got to remember they weren't necessarily like the top dogs expected to win the MLS Cup. Right. right. They just did last year. So I think that that step up and the way that they're going to play this year. I actually think that they are going to, I think part of this is going to, you know, be showcasing like his skills and his abilities. So I think that Columbus will be not collecting the supporter shield, but I think because the other team will get knocked down out of that spot and not win the MLS cup that won the supporter shield. I think that Caleb Porter will be able to sneak in there and grab it. Yes. I picked Giovanni Savarisi. I was thinking if uh, Portland is going to win the supporter shield, like I have, most likely he would win manager of the year. Same thing with Jim Curtin last year. Um, I, I think with the jump that this team is going to make this year, maybe uh, theoretically the jump that I think they're going to make where they're, you know, probably if I had to pick Western conference final against Minnesota United and winning supporter shield, uh, I, I think that would be, um, uh, you know, I know they pick it before the playoffs, but I, mm-hmm. I think I think with the jump they're going to make, he has to be manager of the year if that's the case. And I think, uh, you know, they won MLS's back last year, which is a major tournament, I guess you could say. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think I have to go with uh, Giovanni Savarese. So then we can kind of move on into MVP. Now, this one, uh, I think also we didn't really have on our show notes, so this one will be a surprise for yes, both of us because we didn't yeah. we didn't talk about this one. But who do you have for MVP? I have Lucas Zellerayan You MVP. You Did you pick him too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the one that we don't compare show notes on uh, is the one we picked together. Yeah, I've actually got Lucas Zellerayan as well. Um, do we want to go into as to why now, or do we want to wait till we get down to Columbus? Uh, well, I mean, I have Columbus winning the East. So yeah. I think that, uh, for them to do that, uh, cause remember they finished third and he had a really great season last year. He carried them an MLS cup, won MLS cup MVP. Uh, I think that he would have to, he would have to, um, probably be MVP. It's going to be somebody, I think either on Portland or 
Columbus if my if my standings turn out correct. Right. And uh, I mean, look, Toronto finished second in the East last year. Pozuelo won it, so it doesn't have to be a top place team. But mm-hmm. I think I think all eyes are going to be on Columbus with them with how well he played last year, and if they're going to try to replicate that again. And we've heard when we talked with Ori, uh, you know, he said that their Porter's really preaching, you know, that they're not done. Right. That they're right. And, and, and stuff like that. And that winning a trophy is pretty much the goal. So if that's the case, if they go out there and win something, or if they put on a really good show, uh, then I think that uh, he would have to be in the candidate for MVP. Cause I can't see them doing it without him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like, and then watching him play CCL, he's picked up right where he left off. I mean, it, it looks, and he's even better. I, I think that he's learned Caleb Porter's system. I think that he knows Caleb Porter's, you know, him in and out of that system. I think that him playing in that midfield and adding more attacking pieces. I know Kevin Molino is going to miss some time now, but um, he's just stacked with options. He can go anywhere on the pitch. Uh, when he gets into tight space, uh, he can pretty much create anything that he wants, uh, which is amazing for a player that, you know, you look at him and he, he looks so unassuming because he's so small, but he can do such large things on a big scale. And I think that, you know, everything that it, that has, is going on around him and such a solid defense, he doesn't have to worry so much about the midfield and getting back and defending and pressing as much. Um, I, I think that just helps his case. And I think he not only is going to score some, but he's, he's also going to grab – Assists, he's going to grab creating uh, passes that, that create big chances, and those big chances are going to ultimately see Columbus up to the top. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's going to be challenging, I think, for for a couple of these guys that are, you know, you got Vela coming back, you've got or you got Joseph coming back, Pozuelo, who won it last year. Um, so he's got competition up there, no, no doubt. I know I saw Vegas had Vela as um, number one. You want to know who else they had up there, Jordan? Mm. What what conference? West. Ooh, Chicharito. Yes. <laughs> you know who else they had up there? I I knew I knew when you asked that it was going to yeah. be him because I was like he just thought of L.A. Yep. and he doesn't think Chicharito is going to be good this season, so it's got to be somebody <laughs> ridiculous. And that's do you I, know who else they had up in that same top ten? Western as well. East. Eastern. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if you'll get this one. Give me the team. Enter. Higuain? Yeah. Really? <laughs> he's actually, you know what? He's actually, it looks like he's fifth. I feel and like strikers are actually very rare to win uh, MVP. I almost feel like it's always it's the number the 10. 10. Yep. It's always it's the, the 10. number 10, I feel like. Yep. You know, um, or some sort of attacking midfielder. Yep. When we look no, at I, like Vela and Pozuelo and, right. you know. Right. So, you know, I again, we'll get more into LAFC. So I, I guess we'll move on. We can get into the fun part, which I don't think people tried to predict. Yeah, this is a unique prediction. We picked what eight teams are going to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, remember, the U.S. Open Cup qualification is the best points per game out of the first uh, pretty much three weeks through May fourth uh, or second, May third. Yeah, May 3rd. one of those, uh, May third. Uh, so some teams only play two games. Some games play. Some teams play three. So uh, that's that's where it came a little difficult. We predicted all eight. And um, let's go with, I guess I'll start my eight teams. I looked at the schedule and I also just looked at how strong I think the team is. And I tried Mm -hmm. to be a little fair because I'm not sure how they're going to break this up. 
but I picked four from each conference. Okay. Uh, just in case. I was like, I don't know what type of MLS shenanigans we're going to get here. If they're going to <laughs> say, well, we can't have rule. eight from all the West. You know, I was yeah. like, I don't know if they're going to say we need eight from the West. Yeah. So I was like, uh, okay, number one, Sporting Kansas City. Okay. Number two, LAFC. Number three, Portland. Number four, Minnesota. So not any big surprises there on the West yeah. U.S. Open Cup teams. Yeah. Uh, again, we're not really sure. I guess it's just going to be the best eight, but I felt like I won it half and half, right? Um, mm-hmm. Fifth, I have Toronto. Easy schedule to kind of start off. They have like Montreal and Vancouver in the first two games. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if they play a third game. So I felt like, okay, they should be able to – if I'm projecting Montreal and Vancouver to be at the bottom, then Toronto should be at the top. And with the way they yeah. – the way they looked at the Champions League, I'm feeling pretty good about those picks, though I locked these in before that. Um, Nashville in six. Atlanta is team number seven to get in to the Open Cup, and Columbus is team number eight. All right. So I put them in any pretty, order, though, so it doesn't really I matter. I did, too. No, I did, too. I didn't put them in, like, what I thought, like, oh, I'm not out predicting, like, the first three weeks of the game or the games and stuff. But I, I mean, your list is pretty similar, and you, you did exactly what I did. I was like, okay, well, I got to go through the schedule and see who they play. How are they playing? Is anybody hurt? Um, right, that, that right. you're concerned about. Uh, I got a couple of surprises in here. Um, I think it looks like two that I don't think you said. Maybe you didn't say that third one, but I, I'm not sure. No, you did. Um, Logan, so yeah, I've got, I've got Columbus Crew. Yeah, I don't listen to Jordan. I just <laughs> podcast on my own, and he just kind of there. Um, but no, I've got. I Columbus. just edited it in. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? I'm trying to read my list. Um, No, I've got Columbus first, LAFC uh, as my second team. Portland is my third. San Jose. So San Jose starts with Houston, right? Um, And then they go the following week and the second week, they go and play FC Dallas. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's a pretty winnable game for, for, I think, you know, San Jose. And I think Dallas has fear missing. So that helps. Um, I was like, okay, so maybe maybe they win those two and then they're looking good and maybe they can get in because then I think their next one was like, I want to say it was somebody just really, 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 yeah, D.C. United. So those are the three games that they have. Obviously, the Dallas one's going to be it's kind of a toss-up, I think, because I think that Dallas, while getting better, um, missing for error is going to be pretty big. So I think trying to find somebody in that spot will be difficult. Um but yeah, I've got the San Jose, and then I've got Toronto, like you said. And again, Toronto starts with Montreal, uh, and then I think they play. I think they play Vancouver, and yeah. then after that, I think you're right. I don't think they play again. I think they get two games, and I think they win both of those games. And then if you're doing the points, and I thought it was per, funny too because they were both uh, they're both they they all the they they were the Canadian, Canadian team playing against two other Canadian teams. Yeah. So, so yeah, like it makes you wonder if the schedule makers were like, hey, maybe the first month because there was like a rollout of vaccines. Uh, maybe they thought, hey, maybe we could end up playing some Canadian games somewhere. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, but um, but then yeah, I got Toronto. Nashville, I think their schedule, the reason why I picked them, they're really, really weak schedule. They've got Cincy, who I think they'll beat, and it's in Nashville. They'll play Montreal, um, and then they've got Inter-Miami. So those are winnable games, and I think their defense is just too good. I think I put them in, didn't I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you're the the only other team that I think was a surprise is this next one. I put Colorado in, um, Mm -hmm. and that was because Colorado, again, FC Dallas. uh, I think they play Austin second week. Um, and then they play. Uh, who they play? They play. Uh, 
I can't read very uh, very well. Uh, Vancouver. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, they play Vancouver. So that's three easy ones. And then Minnesota. Um, but Minnesota was more of like, I think Minnesota is going to be really good and it doesn't matter who they play. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, that, that's that why I stuck. I, I stayed away from Minnesota, didn't I? No, I didn't. I put them in. Oh, yeah, no, you put them in. I yeah. put them up against Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they'll win that game. And did you see uh, could, Nicholas yeah. Libero's out? No, oh, no, I didn't see that. See, there you go. He's got um, Breaking some news? kind of nagging oh. injury. <laughs> well, I didn't. Well, see, it, it didn't hit my timeline very hard, but no, it mine does. Either. It's like the, the first two weeks or three weeks, he could be out with some kind of like nagging injury. Like they thought he could play his preseason game. Then they're like, okay, it might be a week or two. So they're kind of still determining whether he can play. And they said they're not going to try to to use him and, and utilize him then. And, you know, that's tough because that first game would be a lot of fun to watch. But I, I, you don't put Ledero out there if he's hurt and lose him for the rest of the year. So I think that's we it. We ready to get into our headlines? Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> Remember, guys, me, these, are, these are Logan's babies. These okay? are Jordans, okay? Uh, this is so like I, Weeby. For, for the visual uh, watchers, uh, I will have the headlines pop up on the screen. We'll also read them aloud for our audio, but you get a little added experience. If you watch the live stream or after show, you know, if you watch it later. All right, we're starting with Atlanta and Atlanta's headline is Heinze at the helm. Uh, this is their um, new manager. He's at the helm. Big change from Frank DeBoer. Kind of going back to that Tata Martino style of play, uh, which you know benefited them so greatly. Um, Logan, what type of thoughts do you have here about uh, Atlanta this season? Yeah, so I think that I mean when you're looking at their defense, that's obviously something that I mean it, it really was a, a bad chain last year. It was like defense was not good. Midfield, not much better, and the attack really missed Joseph. And, and when you look at it now, I mean, you add guys like Franco, you guys add somebody like Santiago Sosa, you've got George Bello, um, Lennon. I mean, those are guys that are just solid, solid players. I, I mean, you're looking at a George Bello that might be, you know, on, on top of some of these lists of going out and over to Europe uh, eventually. And I, I think that, that he's that good. And he was their best attacking player almost last year. So when you're really looking at Atlanta and, and the way Heinze wants to play, get guys forward, get as many as they can, creating in the attack, kind of leave it back to that back three. And, and they actually had Santiago Sosa kind of in that middle uh, center back spot in that back three that kind of rotated um, him out and then in, depending on where he was and, and where he was in defense. So I, I don't know. I really liked what uh, Heinze did and they played really well in, in they played the first leg really well. Second leg was not as much. And honestly, I think it goes to the fact that, and Jordan, you have them fourth, right? Um, yeah, I, no, Atlanta, yeah. I have them second in the East. Second, okay. My reasoning for fifth in the East, uh, Joseph is, is a concern. I, I don't know, you know, how much are they going to play him? It's a tight, tight fixture schedule. Not you know, not you know, knocking on his health or anything, but I, I, that's just a concern because they're going to want to rest him. They're going to want to give him time. You know, those things have a tendency to swell up a little bit, and I'm not sure soccer is really something you want to play around with with his knee um, and these type fixtures. Um, and, and so that's why I've got them fifth. I, I think that you know, there's not Barco's going to have to have a really good season. Joseph's going to have to have a really good season. I'm not sure that Barco's quite there yet. 
he looked he's looked better, but not great. And then Joseph's uh, injury concerns. But I, I'm really excited to see what Heinz does. Yeah, I think. Uh, look, this is going to be a pretty interesting, um, you know, uh, uh, season for Atlanta. I don't think they've looked super great in the, um, you know, when we're looking at the uh, the Champions, Champions League. League. I, I know they got the result, uh, but there was, you know, they had the red card with uh, um, Guzan. Guzan. Right, and then they also had some uh, just. There was times where it was a little shaky, right? A little shaky, right? And um, look, and, and when you look at the injuries, or not the injuries, but the the players that were out for Alawenze and stuff, I don't think it should have been as close as it was uh, in that, you know, in, in that result. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think over time they'll be good. And I think with the way MLS is, uh, there's a lot of time yeah. to make up some of this stuff and there's going to be right. teams that falter and stuff. So it's not, it's not a big, big deal. And I think that they'll get there. I'm not overly concerned, but I just think that they are, you know, right now I, I know I have them higher than you do. So I'm not as yeah. down on them as you, mm-hmm. uh, but I just think it's not going to be a hot start out the gate is my main my main point here so you see them climbing later then yeah i think once they get used to the new manager's tactics Mm -hmm. and they get used to his style and uh you know they have some time to kind of gel i think they could be dangerous they'll be really dangerous because you know when they're if if they play anything like the old atlanta united um under uh tata martino then they're going to be very dangerous and right it's going to be, you know, pretty pretty great to see. So, uh, I, so I can't discount them for that, you know. Right. So, uh, but other than that, yeah, that, that that's my thoughts here on Atlanta, and uh, I think we can move on to the next. Um, the next one we have is Austin will be all right, all right, all right. Logan's very proud of that one. I am uh, so proud of that one. <laughs> reference here to, of course, uh, not only alliteration, yeah, and what we think they will be that they'll be, you know, all right, all right, <laughs> but also a reference to, uh, you know, co-owner uh, Matthew McConaughey. So just a really great all-around headline. Thank you. Uh, I know we both have, you know, we both have Atlanta. I mean, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. Austin. You know, they're they're. We have them pretty decent. Uh, both of, the, yeah. of us have them missing the playoffs. Here, I, right. I, I was able to add these. Uh, this is what I was doing that whole time. Adding these side-by-side uh, side here. So if we look at our side-by-side side ones, uh, mm-hmm. I have them in 10th. You have them in 10th. So great. Right? We agree on right. that. Yes. Um, we talked with Hernan like earlier in you know when we first started the show. It was one of our first episodes with you at, mm-hmm. you know joining and – uh, previewing the season and we had uh you know I, I think he thought they could make the playoffs right and when we kind of yeah. talked about can they assemble a squad that can make the playoffs they were linked with thomas Ponchettino at that point they did sign him like what a day or two after i was gonna say it was episode. like yeah he was like on a plane taking pictures of himself going to austin when we were uploading it pretty much right right so i just think this is an expansion team 
it's not I don't think they're as solid as Nashville was last year, just from squad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, look, they're 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 hinging on a player like Diego Fagundes as well to be able to get back into uh, some sort of form here that's a little you know different from when we look at you know Nashville, who got somebody like Dax McCarty really established holding down. Why you have you know Diego Fagundes? You're going to have players that have to adjust to MLS like. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ponchettino and other players like that, but you got Alex Ring, so something to look good there. Um, but like you said, in, in our notes here, they had some defensive woes in the preseason. Uh, we're not really sure where they're going to get all their goals, especially they have an injury right now to um, yep. uh, Schoenfeld. So, mm-hmm. not really sure. Uh, your thoughts here on Austin and why they'll be just all right. They're going to be all right because Matt Beasler is not the uh, the center back that you need in this league. Not anymore. He used to be. Uh, and I think that that they're very high on Beasler because they know his pedigree. But when you talk, when, and when we get down to SKC, we'll talk about him. But when we talk to Jimmy and we talk to Dan, there was a sense of like he was already gone last year. It was just mm-hmm. he was still there as leadership. Yes, I think he'll be a great leader. I think he's got all the skills to make some of these younger guys really good. But when you got guys like Beasler, you guys got like Ben Sweat, like when he's coming over from and he came over because you know, it's not like Miami was like trying to protect him in any way. It was Sweat's just not a good defender either. Lima Yeah, when we spoke with Kobe, really he said there were some yeah. issues with you know, when we spoke with Kobe, he yep. said there were some issues with Ben Sweat and and not being up to it at times. But go ahead, sorry. Right. Yeah, so Lima, Lima again, same kind of issue, never really performed like he should have at San Jose, so he joins. So now you've got a collection of guys that just, they were good at some point. Maybe not so much anymore, and I get that. That's expansion team stuff. Like, you get that. Alex Ring, by far, probably the best acquisition that any team made, I think, personally, over the offseason. I think that he's got a chance, and that's what you need. You, you need a great number six. You need a great number uh, six to kind of just control that midfield and defend in that midfield because that's where a lot of the breakdown is. I think he will add protection for the two in the back, Romana, Beasler, Consante, Kleeman. Uh, I think that he adds that protection, but I'm not sure that he adds that enough to where it's going to be noticeable because Pochettino and I think Pereira, Segura, Fagundes, they're not known <laughs> for their defensive paralysis. They're known for attacking and attacking forward, and I think that there's going to be a lot of space in between there that ring can't quite cover. And I think that's where you're going to see a big drop off. Their defense is going to be brutal, I think. So, yeah, I think. Look, uh, it's always hard to predict expansion teams. I would have never mm-hmm. thought Nashville would have made the playoffs. I would never would have thought Miami would have made the playoffs after losing their first five games, which was a record mm-hmm. for an expansion team. So, we'll see. But also, it was expanded playoffs for both of those teams to get in. Really, uh, th- that's not happening this year. So it's right. going to be a little tighter. Uh, a little narrow and tighter field here for them to make it in. Uh, any last thoughts here on Austin before we move on to, if for people don't know how we're doing this, we're doing it alphabetically. So Chicago is next. Uh, nope. Just that they're going to be all right. All right. All right. All right. We got Chicago under fire. Logan, explain uh, what you mean by this. Chicago under fire is because the team just doesn't seem to perform or really make the right choices and fans have to cause them to change their logo. Um, And I do think that after the performance this season, kind of stagnant, 
they're going to be under fire. Hence the Chicago fire name, fire, get it. Um, so I, I, I think it. they are. I, I, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I think that they do have a really good chance to be a team that really just underwhelms us. Um, they did have a good solid 11, but once you look past that, there's not much. Um, there was really big concerns with Calvo, and I don't think those are fixed just by saying, hey, new year, new me. Um, I, I think that there's more to that issue than, than originally led on. Uh, again, Barrich is the guy. Barrich scores. And like when we talked to Alex, I think that he scores well. He scores 20, 25. Then you're talking about a Chicago team that then he, I think he was saying like even five, six. I'm like, that's not good. Like if that's, if that's ultimately where they end up with that much, then that can't be a good sign. <laughs> like that's how much I think the players around him, Alisada, uh, Alisada, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he impresses and guests on Jimenez. Other than that, I think it's a bunch of guys that just don't, they're not good enough. They're good, but they're not good enough for this league. And I think that, that this will be a year that I think that they just are the average quote that, that we expect them to be. I think they're just not ready to make a next step because they didn't add anybody, nor do I think they're interested in adding really anyone uh, in their depth at times. I think uh, we'll get to them because I just don't think that there's much behind the guys that pretty much are average in this league. All right. And as, uh, as we see here, uh, if you're, if you're watching along with us, you have them in 11th. I have them in 13th. This was very hard for me to pick uh, mm-hmm. again, how they would end up here because it's, it's a little, you know, up in the air, right? Um, really when you get to, I think that Miami, DC, Chicago, Montreal, there's really no wrong answer. I think at that point, yeah. because look, you, you have all of these, you have uh, Miami with a new manager, right? But some world-class stars, you have DC with the new manager an mm-hmm. underperforming squad. You got, uh, you know, Chicago with a team that may have overperformed at points, you know, and then you also have Montreal who lost their manager and under a new manager. Uh, it's just so much, unsta- you know, yeah. instability at the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now. Right. And that's where I think we are. And that's why I, I agree that Chicago, I actually have them lower than you do. And I think that that is, you, do. you know, I think that's one of the reasons why it's just they haven't done anything. They haven't added anybody or anything. It gets me excited for them going into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that they announced that they're changing the logo for next year. I'm glad that they moved back to Soldier Field and out of Bridgeview because yeah. it was just so far. And with Chicago traffic, nobody could ever get there. Uh, mm-hmm. So you didn't have as much attendance. But, of course, the year they do it, Right, you got 2020 where we, we couldn't even really um, see them in Soldier Field at all. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how it goes. So we're going next to Cincinnati. You're gonna have to explain this one to me. You subtweeted uh-huh. me about it. I it's did. called Skyline Chili is better yeah. without a wooden spoon. I got the wooden spoon all part right. at least. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Skyline Chili is the infamous dish of I, I'm, it's Cincinnati. Like when you think Skyline Chili, you think Cincinnati. Um, there was a restaurant, I think there, I don't know the exact history. I try to read up on it, but the, the history is, is that it is the premier dish there. Like it's the dish that, you know, places have their dishes, uh, places have barbecue, places so have like steak, the crabs have, and crab cakes of Maryland, of, yes. of Maryland yes. to Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of that equivalent. And, um, 
actually skyline chili is a lot different than chili um, i'm not gonna get into the specifics because i don't want to insult anybody that might be listening to this but basically it's just it's it's more spaghetti noodles it looks than it is the chili that we're used to um i don't know what kind of chili everybody makes but i think there's a bunch of different ones um but anyway the reason why it's going to taste better without a wooden spoon is because Cincinnati is no longer the laughing stock of this league, uh, at least in uh, our opinions, I think. Right? They went out $13 million for Brenner, plus more, adding on to a bonus of his. Lucho Acosta, Matarita, uh, Valencia, you got Antonga, Tonga, I think that's how you say it, um, a guy on the wing. You've got guys that they're just adding uh, to this attack, to this center back spot that they've been. Uh, that they had a hole in. Um, I think the the Frankie and Maya thing was probably really distracting, at least in the off season. So they got rid of that headache, uh, and Amaya's now out. Um, but again, it, th- this is not a team that like you look back and go, "Man, that's a wooden spoon team." But then they go and, uh, or you know, wooden spoon contender and team. But that they're not this year. They go out and spend money. Um, the the owners uh, go out and decide that hey, we're serious about this team being really good. Um, and like you're, you're seeing there, um, if you're on the visuals, uh, Jordan's got him in ninth. I've got him in 10th. But my thoughts are that uh, since he's going to be a lot better this year, I'm not saying playoffs because I don't I don't think Lucho is as good as they mark him up to be. I don't think Brenner gets his feet wet, extremely wet uh, this year. I think it's going to be more next year when he gets into his full fitness and form. Yeah, I, I I think that's why I have them as a improvement, right? Mm-hmm. They've they've done a lot to improve this roster. Yes, they move on Frankie Amaya, but if he wasn't happy, then you're not going to get anything out of him. Yep. So you get, uh, you know, Brenner De Silva. You get uh, Lucho Acosta. You know, you get um, you know these players that they're bringing in, like you said, Matarita and, and stuff like that. That is inevitably making them a better team from when they were wooden spoon, you know, winners, right. Of 2020. Right. They're now, I think the goal is to get kind of mid of the East. Right. And then next year you try to get in in 2022, you try to get into that, that MLS cup playoffs. And I think when you do that, uh, for me, if I'm a Cincinnati fan, I want to see progress. Yeah. Right. I want to see progress from last year where we finished last. And sometimes it takes a bit to get that progress in MLS. You know, there was times where I wanted Jim Curtin out. There was times where union did not look good. And mm-hmm. we stayed the course, right? Because they believed in the manager. They they started bringing in other players. And these players have uh, started bringing in youth as well, who have known Jim for such a long time. And you get to that point where, I mean, he's been manager for, what, seven or eight years now, mm-hmm. and we're just now really hitting that stride. You know, last year was the Supporter Shield. The year before that was the playoffs. It make went on our first playoff game. You know, it, it's that incremental. We went to the U.S. Open Cups. We won our first home playoff game. We went to, you know, we got the Supporter Shield, and now we're in Champions League, and we won our first two legs of that. And it's that it's that motion of perpetual, and that's what Cincinnati needs. They need that that mm-hmm. motion forward. It's not going to be a, a quick, like flip, like a light switch. Yeah. So I, I think you know we're pretty much in line there with that. They be not going to be a wooden spoon. I've seen some people give them wooden spoon, and I think the only way that happens is if Brenner is a complete flop, Acosta is a complete flop, because then where are the goals coming from? But you would yeah. hope that you know that they 
you know, Acosta's used to the league. He should be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Brenner, you have to worry about adjusting, but I think once you have that role, and I think, uh, you know, hopefully I hope for them because I know they got a pretty good fan base. And sometimes, like we've seen with Orlando, where they had a really good fan base to start out, they get into some losing ways, they kind of leave for a bit. Of course, it comes back with winning, but it, it's, you know, sometimes that's it's not a, as easy to bring people back, you know? So hopefully... Uh, you know, they get some improvement there. And we're moving on to Colorado, who are climbing to new heights, question mark, over in the Rockies. Um, <laughs> Logan, your thoughts here on uh, Colorado. Or not. He just froze. Yeah. Uh, there so you go. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah, I'm for in my back. Sorry, yeah, my wife is deciding now it wants to not be a big player. Um, okay, so Colorado climbing to new heights is what I heard you say. So yeah, yeah. heights is is a question mark because yeah. lots of young talent. Um, but one, not sure it all stays, and two, I'm not sure how it all fits eventually when some of these pieces do start to move. You've got a summer coming up in Europe where Sam Vines, I think, is going to be at a premium. Uh, it might be the time to sell Sam. It might be the time to look at Cole Bassett and go, okay, how much can we get out of him? Because that's another person I think played so well last year to end the year that you could really see out of this team. Jonathan Lewis had a shaky Olympics. How does that work out? Sometimes I don't think he's as involved as he should be. He doesn't get the, the chances that he needs to do. Um, you've got guys like Austin Trusty. You know, how does he work in the back? Like, how, how does he really fit in there? Um, so it's a lot of younger guys that are trying to figure out Acosta, Kellen Acosta. You got Namli, who are in the mid that, you know, trying to just fit these pieces in together. I think they are a good team, but I don't know. It's a lot of moving pieces and pieces that I think are going to be going and looking elsewhere, right? There's more attractive things over that way. Um, in a West that's just so crowded. I mean, this is hard to do to Colorado because I'm like, I want to pick them to do very well, but there's so many teams ahead of them. I'm like, that team's really good. So I don't know if they could stick with them. So that's my thoughts. New Heights, maybe, depending on how these all mesh together and who's all still there when they get down to the crunch time in the fall. Yeah. I mean, I have them, I have them a lot lower than you do. And by a lot, I mean, two spots, you have them in six. I have them in eighth, mm-hmm. but those two spots make a difference because seventh is the playoff spot, right? Bam. Yeah. So uh, they'd be just missing it on mine, and they're just making mm-hmm. it on yours by a spot. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think Colorado is going to surprise. I think they surprised last year. I don't know if you can surprise again like that unless if you were going to be okay. top four. And I think, yeah, I think that you know what I got the feel when we spoke. Uh, with with um, Matt. Uh, Matt, that yeah. it was, I, I'm not buying as much into Colorado this year because I've seen some improvement in other teams, and I and I also just think that they're going to regress a little bit, and they do have some youth, and I think that might be a problem. But you know, what do I know, really? Um, yeah. So we'll see. So I <laughs> so I think the question mark is apt there because I don't think we really know how this team's going to be. They could, for me, they could go either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, no, we're I, moving. Yeah, go ahead. No, I totally agree. Uh, the other pieces, like you said, the veterans that they're mixing in are guys that 
uh, that I think too are are just like Jack Price, like he's proven enough to be worth. But Barrios at times, eh, uh, it could play well. He could add attack, but then again, he could not. Um, and then Rosenberry, who they rely on the defense, and you got to experience that experiment. Um, mm-hmm. Not necessarily the most reliable, but mm, you know, you really want a veteran that's in there, kind of like you know. Uh, God, I can't even think of it. somebody off the top of my head, like a you know Mavinga or, or somebody like that. You need somebody in that center back or the right back or the left back spots that are just going to lead this team. And I don't know if they really have that unless it's going to be Sam Vines and Sam is really young, so right. trying to rely on on that center back pairing back there and figuring out their defense might be their their pitfall this year. Moving on to Columbus Crew, the headline here: silverware or bust? No question mark. No bus. <laughs> yeah, because I because I, I, I think they're gonna win one. <laughs> like it's eventually gonna happen. But right, if we look at our sheet here, we both have them number one in the East. Yeah. So you know, like most people do, I guess. Um, look, I could be talked out of this, but I locked these in, and the reason I could be lo- uh, talked out of this is they have some injuries. Mm-hmm. Right, we got Molino out for six to eight six weeks. To eight. Right. Uh, we got BWP's old, but I mean, he, so he's not going to play a lot of minutes, but he's going to be able to come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had some injuries during the Champions League match. Uh, they start in nine minutes mm-hmm. from when we're recording this, so we'll see how they do in that game. Hopefully, you just go out there and field some players that are not important, rest your players for when yeah. they face Philadelphia on mm-hmm. Sunday. But yeah, we both have them number one. You said silverware or bust. What's your thoughts here on Columbus? I think that this is a bust if they don't lend silverware. That's where my headline was. Like, this is so, but I don't have, like, I'm saying that, that while Caleb Porter is my manager of the year, this is going to sound fun. Um, they're going to be like, what? what is he talking about? I still think that they've, because if you look back at Columbus, they, again, they weren't expected to do what they did last year. They're mm-hmm. building on this year. They'll have a really good year. I think they actually make a really good run and almost win this CCL, I, I think that they're built. They're one of the teams that are built to run this tournament. Um, it's the tough, first time. They have a tough go, though. They do. They do. But they I think like that, two Mexican teams. Right. But I think that if you're looking at the teams left, they or honestly, I think Philadelphia right now have the best shots uh, in the way they're playing to win. Because they when they played it, I mean, I know you said they were, they played, uh, who, what's the team called again? Uh, what's the team called? No, 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 not Philly, Columbus. Um, oh, Real Esteli. Thank you, Esteli. Yeah, they're not great, but um, they just look so dominant against them. And, and then they just kept bringing people in. But I say bust because I, I do. I think that if you don't win silverware, um, whatever that silverware might be, then I think you have a failure because I think that this is one of the best teams that's ever been put on a, a sheet, really. I think that when you look up and down the depth that they have, I mean, if you look at their depth chart, I'm looking at it right now. Guys behind them are simply amazing, right? I mean, you've got a starting 11 that, I mean, most of these players might be the best player on some other teams. Uh, that's how good they are. Um, they're just so stacked. I mean, you got Zillow. What I would already- say is if you look back at like, because uh, I know you weren't, you know, watching back then, yeah. but if you look at Toronto 2017, yeah, uh, their team uh, where they won, you know, they won like a um, MLS Cup. Canadian championship. They got to the CCL final the next year, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Supporter shield. They were one of the best teams assembled in MLS. And mm-hmm. I think, I think you're right. I think this team can kind of be close to that. I'm not going to say they're better, 
uh, but I'm, I'm not sure if they're worse. So right. I'm, not, I'm not really sure. But I think you're right. Then if they don't, if they don't win uh, a trophy, any trophy would do. I think. I, I, I think that that would be kind of some sort of disappointment mm-hmm. uh, because uh, we look. We heard, like I said, that's kind of their goal, right? Is to either repeat or win some sort of silverware. That uh, if they don't, I think that is not not great for them. Um, now look, it's not. I guess when we say bust, it's like oh that'll be a disappointment. But for me, it's not like uh, you know you burn it down or anything, right? It's just yeah. a uh, no. it's just a no. bummer. And then you're like okay, well we gotta do it again the next year. And got it. They don't win any silverware, and they decide they have to add even more players, and the East will really be screwed. I think right. <laughs> for yeah, the following right. year. Uh, we ready to move on to Dallas? Yeah, let's do it. All right, moving on to Dallas. We got. I like this one a lot, actually. Youth movement or moving youth? Mm-hmm. I feel like this comes from my rant, right? This yes. has to come from my rant on Dallas that I gave on the Dallas preview, where I said at some point you have to realize: Are you going to win, or are you just worried about? you know, moving the players through the youth team. And uh, I feel like this this really epitomizes that. And I think that's the number one question for Dallas. Now, if we take a look at what I have them in, I have them at, uh, at six, you have them at seventh. So we both have them making the playoffs. And I mm-hmm. think that they should. I think they really should this year. I think it shouldn't be overly difficult for them to. But... You know, we do have the injury with Fierro now that just came out right yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I'm not 100% sure on how that'll affect them. But, you know, you can't just be moving players like Brian Reynolds and, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, oh, why am I blanking on him right now? Uh, the, uh, the other right back. What, yeah, Reggie Cannon. Uh, yeah, Reggie Cannon. Jeez. I, I was too. I was struggling like, that. Why? With Reggie Cannon and and Brian Reynolds, because you you have to at least at some point win, and at mm. least the the union last year held up a supporter shield as fraudulent as it may be, depending on people's point of view, I guess, on mm. unbalanced schedules and seasons. But Dallas hasn't since you know Oscar Preya left really challenged for one of those, and uh, it's been. It's been kind of downhill since then. And, you know, they're, they're selling these young players, Brian Reynolds, just months after he makes his debut. What's your thoughts here on Dallas? Yeah. So again, like you said, and it's not even really specifically somebody, although I do have somebody in mind that I think is going to be on the move here soon because of their history. Um, It's a matter of like, okay, you got these really young players and this league is becoming younger. They're, they're moving to this youth movement. Dallas was smart in the day where they were like, okay, let's sell our youth and then get more money to buy some of these veteran players that are really good MLS players and let's go that route. But now there's such a push towards youth that, I mean, if you, I mean, look at it. I mean, if you look at Philadelphia, you look at Fontana, Aronson, right? Mark McKen, like that's a youthful group. And then now they're just older and there's still some of them left. So they don't move on as much as that. That da- It seems like Dallas, I mean, once it becomes a uh, $10 million price tag, they're like, okay, cool, let's just sell him. Um, that's not really – I mean, that just becomes a feeder club at that point. And, and it really is uh, – and there's another team in the East, I think, that, that's very similar in the way that they think. 
Um, and that's because of their network. But I, I think that, yes, I think, you know, it's a bummer because MLS really needs this youth because this is how the game grows. I'm not sure that Dallas has really gotten that now understood. Yes, their academy is fantastic. It's awesome to brag about. But look at it. I mean, you're looking at players that are going to play half a season, maybe two games, three games, four games, and then they're just going to flip them. That's not a Dallas player. That's just some random prospect that just played in Texas for some reason and then decides to go overseas. The one that I think is is going to be uh, the name that's sold next for Dallas is Tanner Tessman. I think that when you look at Tanner, he's an American. He's this part of this youth, like I think it's like this cult kind of following for these youth kids in America right now. And I think Tanner is part of that group, right? You mean where they get like random Twitter accounts <laughs> that are fan pages of them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is like a cult Creepy following for like 18 yeah. year old kids. Another kid that, that's on that team that's really going to, I think, be good is Ricardo Pepe. Uh, and he's their backup mm-hmm. nine. Jara is a little older. So once Jara starts to work his way out, um, Pepe might see some time, especially with Ferrer out now. Like, who knows what they're going to play if they're going to try, you know, more strikers up or if they're going to just fill in some more of those wings with Medicar or whatever who they signed. Um, one thing to watch this year, the reason why I have them in the playoffs, O'Brien, O'Brien, I don't know how to say his name, um, but on the wing, he is really good. Like, I watched him play one of the – I think it was like the Texas Challenge Cup or what do they call – it was some kind of – different yeah yeah i forget what it's called but yeah it's the one where they're doing yeah all the texas yeah yeah and he he had some highlights where i'm like okay this this guy is really good and i think that their midfield um and then on the wings look look really good i think they'll create enough for jara where i think that this team is better they're better tier than than some of the other teams that we have below all right, let's move on to DC United. We got a topical political one here. We got Lasada elected, right? Yeah. He was chosen. He was elected as the manager by the Congrats, board. Uh, he's moving over from the Belgian league, and he's coming over here. Uh, he said he wanted to coach here before. If you watch his extra time interview, because his he had a friend uh, Yella Van Dam who was over at uh, Galaxy. He used to watch mm-hmm. him play there at times. And he said if he ever, you know, had the opportunity, he would take it. So he got the opportunity. He took it. And we don't really know much about how this DC team is going to look. So no. that's why uh, if if we take a look at what we have here, you have them in uh, 13th. I have them in 12th. Yeah. I am going to give Lasada a little bit more credit. I think that they should be better than Chicago when you look at Julian Gressel, uh, Paul Areola, if he comes back, great. Uh, Ola Kamara. I mean, this team has yeah. some real t- attacking talent in it and some good defenders. Steven Bernbaum, when he comes back from injury, right? And uh, to me, I think they'll have a slow start just due to that uh, Bernbaum injury. We got the Bill Hamid injury. So I think that's going to be a little trouble for them. But I think they'll weather it out. I think that they could get higher than 12th, what I have them at. But I can't have them going much higher than 12th. I think maybe at most 10th uh, and at the least 14th at this point. I mean, like, really, it all depends on how uh, Lasada, you know, is coming out and how the team's coming out with them because this team has some real talent. And it's uh, they just signed Andy Nahar, too, which made me yeah. question what year it was because he used to be there in 2012 <laughs> <laughs> or so. So I'm like, oh, geez, what year did I wake up in? But uh, so there's some real talent on this team, and uh, we don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna go. Um, what's your mm. thoughts here on on DC United and uh, Hernan Lasada? 
I mean, so my issue is, is Kamara, like you said, he's talented. He was talented, Jordan. You're right. He was. He's not anymore. <laughs> he was. He's still he's talented. Like a, he's a four goal. Nine goal is like a stretch, I think. I, I think that this is not an attacker that you go, hey, this is going to take us to the 10th spot because Cincinnati's in that 10th spot, ninth spot. You've got teams like Chicago who have the have at least Barrich to score. I'm not sure Kamara can do the same, and Flores isn't going to do that. Assad's not going to do that. Reyna, when he plays, isn't going to do that. Areola's not known to do that. I just don't see where they get goals. That's my biggest concern, and not to mention the fact that they were one of the worst defenses last year, and I don't think – I mean, Heinz EK, I don't know how well he played, and Ernan knew him from – back over in Belgium. He had been playing in Belgium, so that's where he saw him. I actually think the kid behind him actually has a really good shot at becoming something really good for them. Uh, Pines, because I think that, you know, there's youth yeah, again backed up, and he's going to – but unfortunately, this is – like, Heinz EK is really the only signing that they make that is uh, Lasada's guy. So, you know, Pines isn't going to play. I do agree with you on the on the Gressel end. I think Gressel's great. I actually think Gressel might be an asset to somebody else depending on you know when when it does come to that time maybe Gressel moves on um because I do think he does provide a lot in the in the attack because I think with his play at Atlanta I, I think that's what makes him so enticing but I do think that he's played well in the last couple of years to kind of warrant maybe a move out of there but I just don't see this defense is going to be brutal and, and Burnbaum's going to be out uh Hamid's out with an injury so they're playing their second option at keeper seems like a rest- recipe for disaster I just don't see where this is going to go very well for them. I don't know. I, I think uh, I don't think you're giving Kamara enough credit. I think with um, you know if you know if uh, Losada's play style is going to be suitable for him and going to get him more attacks, I think that he can put in the goals. I mean, look, I'm going to put his stats up here in a second. Bam, we got his career stats. Yes, his time at D.C. United, only seven goals, right? Four in 2020 in a shortened season. And three in 2019 where he only played five games. Uh, So he, you know, three goals. Uh, 2020 was a rough year. It was a rough year for D.C. United, though. So if we take a look at his time at Columbus, uh, we have 16 goals in 2016, 18 goals in 2017, 14 goals in 2018 uh, when he was at Galaxy. I think if they get him the ball more, if they get him in those uh, great positions that he can be in, I think that he can get back to close to those numbers, which I think is enough to get DC Knight to 12th. Right? Uh, Yes, we'll see. uh, Yeah, we'll see. Look at that. Look how quick I made that graphic. That was nice. I love that. Good. That's actually it's pretty beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh, I was Thank wondering you what you were doing. I can tell you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and move on from DC United. We got Houston. This is the yeah. most cliche one we have. Houston, <laughs> we have a problem. We do have a problem. <laughs> uh, what's the problem at Houston, Logan? Their problem is just not having an identity. I just Tab Ramos is a really good coach. He's just not in a system where I don't think that he can succeed in in a West that is like stacked from top to bottom. Um, When you're looking at this team, you can honestly look at different things. Christian Ramirez, that's an interesting signing at striker one, because like uh, he was there with LAFC where I don't know where he ended up after LAFC. I can't 
did, was he always with LAFC? I know he was there because I just watched the documentary. Who are um, you talking about? Christian Ramirez. I don't oh, no, no. He, he used to be at uh, he was he at Minnesota at some point, actually. Yeah. Was he? Okay. Yeah, he was at Minnesota um, when they were even a NASL team. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Bahamich or however you're going to pronounce that, uh, I think that that's, you know, that's a good right wing option now. Um, I do think Memo Rodriguez is really good. Quintero's had flashes of being good. But uh, again, their problem last year was just goals. Uh, I think that they won't defend well, right? Um, they're just not going to shut teams down. I don't think they have enough to kind of score uh, and, and make themselves competitive in a West that, again, like we said, this West is so crowded and people are like, oh, you're giving them a hard time. Um, actually, this one I was battling back and forth with because actually, you know, if things go right, they could be a lot better than RSL, but that relies on them doing things right. And I'm not sure that I've seen that in Houston underneath tab. Yeah, we both have them in 12th. Yeah. Um, I think Todd Ramos is okay. I don't think he's a great manager. Um, yeah. He did the U23s where we didn't qualify before as well. I don't know how much to blame him for it, but yeah, you know, um, to me, he hasn't done too much otherwise. Uh, but look, uh, like maybe it's harsh putting them near the bottom of the West like we did, but it mm-hmm. is. I guess it is what it is. Uh, prove it. Prove going. it that you can get out of that spot. That's what my thing is. Like, they're a bottom of the table team and have been. So, prove to me that you deserve to be higher. Right is ultimately what I'm saying. I think. Right. So now we we can also say we weren't wrong then because we could just say Logan was challenging them. Yes, uh, <laughs> I am challenging the Dynamo and the Foxtrot. There we go. Uh, moving on to L A. FC, we got Vela Vengeance. A little darker turn little here. Uh, Vela, you know, missed some time last year. Um, we had, you know, Diego Rossi came in and continued, you know, his his great, uh, you know, form uh, and, and helped kind of keep LAFC afloat. Uh, what's your thoughts here on LAFC? Yeah, so um, I'll tell you one thing. They're going to be looking east and going, that's not fair. Uh, Columbus, we were we were the team. We're the team that, that beats the heck out of everybody. Now it's Columbus. And I, I don't know if they have enough to really – I mean, to be honest with you, uh, it depends on how well Vela comes back. Does he come back? And, and he was really good to end the season last year with, with Champions League. Almost gets them to the final. Um, but that being said – Again, it's a crowded West. It's going to be a difficult road. Um, they're playing every single Western team like 36 times um, or however many games we play, 34. Um, so, you know, with that being said, with the challenges, there's still going to be a top team, right? Uh, Rossi's really good. Uh, Sefuentes, Blessing, they're really good. Um, Kaye or Kuye or however you say his name. Atuesta's really, really solid as a six. Um, I think their defense is better now with Kim. I think bringing him over is is a big improvement. Um, which I think I you know I, I think when I was looking back at defensive like additions, I think he was one of the ones that impressed me the most because I think that he's got abilities, um, and I think people forget just how good I think his signing will be for LAFC. So I think that that's a big help for them back there. Um, Mario and Segura really good center backs, reliable. 
going to get the job done. Blackman, you know, floating in and out of those positions is a great backup with Farfan now added to the mix. So it's not like this defense is going to lack anything. And their offense is, again, the, that offense, what, they scored 70-something or something crazy uh, a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago. So I, I think this is a very, very good LAFC team. Yeah, let's just put it up one more time here. We both have them second in the West, but Logan has them winning uh, the coveted MLS Cup, which is something Bob Bradley would definitely want to add as he, you know, you know, uh, as they won a supporter shield in their second season. One way to build off, and they made the Champions League final last season. One thing to keep building off of that is winning MLS Cup, and that would be a great result for them. Uh, so, so we'll see. Let's let's move on to the other LA team, a team that, as you said, are, is a galaxy in need of guardians. Little pun here of Marvel, but also uh, explain what you mean by guardians. They need guardians, and the fact that they couldn't stop anybody from scoring last year, so they need somebody <laughs> to guard the goal. <laughs> um, Defender. Uh, yeah, forty six goals allowed last year. I mean, San Jose was like historically bad. Uh, for for the amount of games they played, twenty three games, they gave up fifty one goals. L.A. Galaxy were right there with them. Not to mention the fact that everything ahead of them wasn't really working out either. Um, so I think that, that again, we're looking at a team, and I and people are like, "Oh, Chicharito, he's going to come back in 15, 20 goals." Yeah, that might happen, but I'm not seeing where, especially in the preseason clips that I've seen, he has not looked like a fifteen to twenty goal scorer. He's looked more like. A, Eight to ten, maybe. Uh, it just, what I would say, I what I would say he, to that real quick is, yeah, the union looked pretty rough in preseason with goals that's as true. well. So uh, that's true. Just you never know. Yeah, but I mean, he's had a. I mean, not had a history. He's had a recent history mm-hmm. of just not performing, and, and I, I, you know, it sucks because I think that he had such a historical decorated career. He, he played well. Uh, he was in Europe. He was with United. I mean, he had the the abilities to score and for somebody to just kind of just fizzle out and not be anything close to what he was and i know he had a lot of personal stuff going on last year um he just had a difficult time playing with this with this club but again i'm looking at a team that that they're not that deep They, they didn't really add much that was proven i mean they add a couple of those wingers that are supposed to be guys that are good uh grandseer and i think cabral um, are, are the guys that they go in and add, but again, uh, Victor Vasquez from he comes over, he's playing now um, with Vanny again. So I don't know. <laughs> it just looks like a team that just kind of is going to be a hot mess. I mean, look, I just put it up on the screen again, but let's just remind people where we put them. Uh, you have them in eighth, I have them in seventh. I have them mm-hmm. right in that playoff spot. I think that they will. I think Vanny is enough to help. And, and I think I'm going to give Chicharito some time under a new manager and help, you know, I, I, I think they'll get enough to get into that spot. You know, um, they were always look at times Latin carried this team and they almost made the playoff one year. They did make it one year. Zlatan leaves. They were terrible, right? Yeah. They were, they were terrible. So if, if Chicharito or if somebody can just start putting in goals for them, it's all it takes. Well, it takes an, and, and that takes somebody to carry them. And I think yeah. under Greg Vanny, they'll at least have be playing more to a suitable, you know, like last year under Barrett uh, Saletto, they were playing whip it into the box. 
at times when they shouldn't have been. And I think that really hurt, you know, before they thought they were doing that just because Latan was up there. But then I think LA is our house. When we had them on, they said we thought it was a necessity because of Latan, but then we thought they would change that Shaletto would change yeah. when we had Chicharito and different players. And he didn't, it right. seemed to be his default at that point. And that's where they're kind of stuck, I guess. And, We'll see if they I, – I believe in this Galaxy team. I think that they can get seventh. I'm not uh, super down on them, but I'm also not thinking that they'll be super up there because, again, we mentioned this West is – even the East. I mean, when you look at the top half of these teams, some of them are just so deep and so good that you're like, how can they mess this up? This is MLS. Some of them probably will mess this up somehow. We'll see how it happens. Yeah. But right. let's move on to uh, yeah, their Miami. defense. And sorry, uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no go ahead I was just going to say that. Yeah, just the the reason why I think there's improvement there. One, Vanny's a hell of a coach. Two, they've got a they've got a much better defense I think this year than they had last year. When you add guys like Derek Williams, who is solid, when you add guys like Villafana, and you have Arujo already. That, that's that's a good defense. I just think that last year got ugly. Um, and then Klensman and Bond, I think they both have had good showings in preseason. So I think that those are two really good, solid op- options. Sorry. Um, and I think that's where the defense ends up carrying them up to those spots. Next up, we got Miami Vices as the headline <laughs> here for Miami. Little, you know, pun and pop culture reference, but what is it do you think that would be Miami's vice, Logan? What what are they going to be having to rely on to take them to the promised land of being a better team and making the playoffs this year? Hoping that none of their other DPs are on an illegal contract. Does <laughs> 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 that mean? No, I'm kidding. Um, no, uh, Iguain. That's it. If he doesn't score, it's a really bad team. They might actually compete for Wooden Spoon if he cannot play well. Um, because I don't think they're that much better. But at least if they have him, it's kind of like a Chicharito, right? A, a guy that was once proven that I think he's actually on a better road to being back than Chicharito. Um, but watching Gonzalo Iguain not play well and get frustrated as much as he did last year, uh, you know, it's him. Uh, and then their savior, the guy that, that I think is – going to help them tremendously is Gregor. I think that he in that midfield shores up a lot of the defensive issues because he's just so physical and athletic. Uh, I can't wait to watch him play. Um, But again, Jordan, we always talk about it. What, you know, is Pellegrini being shipped out the punishment for Blaze Matuidi signing a contract that wasn't necessarily the right thing? It seems like it. I mean, look, we both have them pretty close. Uh, You have them 12th. I have them 11th. Um, I don't think they're good enough. I mean, look, talent-wise, they should be. They should be better than D.C. United talent-wise. We both have them better than D.C. United anyway. When you look at Gonzalo, they have Higuain, Blaise Matuidi, Ryan Shawcross, right? They got uh, Kieran Gibbs coming in at some point. Uh, Pizarro, they're going to have... we're going to find out what happens to Pellegrini. It seems like he'll have to be shipped out. We covered it with Kobe Price that it seems to have been always the plan to have moved him to the U22 uh, DP or whatever they're calling it, the young 22 player. Yeah, and should, yeah. uh, he doesn't meet the requirements for whatever reason, probably a salary or whatever. 
is, and he won't yeah. be able to do that. And, uh, you know, it was always supposed to be Matuidi would be not a DP last year and a DP this year. That mm-hmm. sounds kind of sketchy to me anyway. Um, yeah. So what, he took a pay cut? No, that's exactly why they're in yeah. trouble, right? Uh, so, uh, my, you know, David Beckham is trying to put his mark on the team. They got a new coach. They have all these talented European players. They have all these talented players. But can they be a team? We see this all the time in any sport where you look at a team and you're like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have all these players. Look. The Orioles signed Matt Harvey and King Felix in the offseason. <laughs> and they and only and King Felix didn't make the, the team, right? And Matt Harvey barely did because sometimes these names are just names at that point. They're not mm-hmm. they're not the player they used to be. And that's what I wonder about. Brian Shawcross was about to retire. And, and he didn't even think of MLS until they're like, knock knock, hey, do you want to come over here? So that is uh worrying, right? Um Look, Shawcross is a decent player. He's good. Does he have it still? Who knows? We'll find out, I guess. But it's not the type of signing you're looking for as Miami when you see teams like Atlanta go grab these young South American players and teams like the Union who who scout uh, Germany in the second, third divisions, find Kai Wagner, find, you know, El Brujo, you find Jose Montero, you know, like you find all these players that, um, uh, you find all these players that sometimes they're just coming from random leagues and, uh, could help, but instead you're, you're picking off 35 year old Englishmen or whatever. So that, or 34 year old Europeans. And, and that could be a, a problem for Miami, I think. And I think as a fan base, it doesn't excite you. Go down to Miami, a place that's usually pretty Hispanic area, and say, does Ryan Shawcross excite you? Maybe Matweedy does. Maybe, you know, yeah, Higuain uh, does, right? But some of these players are going to be past their prime, so we'll see how it works, and I'm ready to move on from Miami. <laughs> yep. All right, we got Reynoso, King in the North. A little Game of Thrones, right? Um, yeah. Reynoso came into the league pretty late last year, like September. And, uh, man, did he have an impact. Well, yeah, that's the next team, actually. Uh, but it, it, did he have an impact on this Minnesota team uh, with their with their playoff run? Was it eight goals? Um, or total... Yeah of eight goals and assists or whatever, he carried them through Mm -hmm. that. And man, when I was watching that Seattle Minnesota playoff game, he was electric. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I was sharing the highlights. I was like, Reynoso is just tearing this up. I can't believe that Seattle's about to go out to them. And then Minnesota Mm -hmm. was like, don't believe it because we're going to give up all these goals and Seattle is going to beat us. But it, it was crazy. And if they just had a little bit more luck, he gets them to an MLS Cup final. Who knows what happens in there against Columbus because it's a totally different team than Seattle. And you think maybe they could have won MLS Cup last year, and that's why I do have them as MLS Cup winners. And what's your thoughts here on Minnesota? Because we both have them, I think, the same exact spot. Yep, third. Yeah, third. Just I have them winning MLS Cup. What's your thoughts here on Minnesota? 
Uh, this is my sleeper team to win MLS Cup, though. Um, and, and the reason I'm behind that, too, and we didn't even talk about this because we did this one pretty early on, and then they made a ton of additions. This is like one of those yeah. teams that actually waited. Uh, they add Ramon Abila, who is their new number nine. Really he's supposed to be really, yeah. 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 And he's supposed to be really good. He had uh, five goals with Boca Juniors. And so he was playing really well before he was sent up to the north. Gasper uh, plays uh, as a left back, and they added him. Um, I, I think that, you know, they're getting ready to add, uh, who was it? I just had it pulled up, pulled on, on my phone, uh, Franco Frag Payne. And I think that he's uh, a winger that could really make a difference. They added him and, you know, and that's a spot that's already pretty crowded because they had Aguidello. They already have Laud and they already have, um, Finley. Uh, so I think that that's a stack, uh, you know, attack with Reynoso. You also have, uh, uh Hassani Dodson who, doesn't really have a spot like on this team. <laughs> play anywhere. Play in a form- yeah, like they have this formation that doesn't – like Hassani could play the wing. He could play the midfield, I think. Hell, I even think he could play a nine if he really just wanted to put him up there and see what he could do because um, he has those abilities. But, I, you know, it, that'll be something to watch. I think that, you know, the good thing is is that they, they have insurance is what I'm saying in the attack. They have depth in a league and in a time they're going to need it. Gregus and Alonzo, two of the best center defensive mids, they just lock things up right there um and then box all opara is not coming back i don't think it doesn't sound likely so dubasi is gonna have to step up in that role but they're just they've got so many options um and, and they're deep and that's a thing in the west that they're gonna really need and i think that you're right jordan i think if this if there's a team out there i actually am gonna lean more towards minnesota united than i'm gonna lean towards the revs only because the revs need heel to perform minnesota does not need you know, some of these guys to perform as much because they're, they're, they've got more guys carrying the weight on this team. And they look to be winning this whole Kevin Molino thing. Uh, you know, he was like, yeah. I want a longer deal or whatever. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. no. And he's out six to eight weeks. Now they you're they're already stacked in the attack. Like you said, Yeah, I don't know if they miss him. Uh, I know yeah. he's Adrian Heath's boy. I mean, he was with Orlando and Adrian Heath, even when they were USL and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's looking pretty good for, for Minnesota. I think we're on the same kind of feel there. Let's move on to uh, Montreal. We got Mon- Mayhem mayhem in Montreal. Uh, what's the uh, what's the mayhem here, Logan? You see the commercials that, like, with Mayhem, it's not, like, the worst thing that could happen, but he's just causing issues. Wilfred Nancy isn't the worst thing to happen, but he's going to cause some issues. The Thierry Henry team, I hate, I hate this on Twitter, and we get it a lot because I think Montreal fans, just like other fans, are upset when their teams are ranked lower. <laughs> this team is on my wooden spoon because they don't have an identity. Yeah, it might be a leftover from Thierry Henry, but I don't think that that's going to work with the crew that they have. They, you know, they're they're trying to add different pieces. They try to add Mihailovic, which I mean, he's not ever really impressed. He played pretty well. He hasn't panned out recently. Yeah, but, you know, I, it's just – and then where do you go besides that? I mean, who you, who's going to score a ton? Like, Kyoto is a lot of fun to watch, but besides that, who who's going to get you goals? Um, and, and when you look at their midfield, Wanyama's okay, right? Piete, okay. Um, 
But again, this team, I think, is going to struggle to score. They're really going to struggle to defend, and they're really going to struggle with identity because even though Wilfred Nancy was Thierry Henry's, like, he was grooming him almost, I just don't see where that's going to work. I, I don't know much about him, but I, from what I've heard from like Montreal, it was like we didn't have enough time to sign somebody, so we just went internal. And I think that that's just going to be a disaster. Yeah, I agree. I have them down there as well. We both have them wooden spoon, like we talked about earlier in this show, and um, we'll we'll see how it uh, how it goes. Uh, not much to talk about with them, I think. I think they're either going to be really bad or just marginally bad. Well, the the one thing, one more thing I wanted to add was yeah. like the like there was people on Twitter going after Paul and like tagging us in it too, and and they were having a conversation. And they were like, oh, they're, they're youth. I'm like, Mason Toye was their youth, and, and Paul wasn't, like, thrilled about him. Right. So what youth? Like, you know, yeah, like, there's a thing about youth, but it's got to be really good youth. Not like, okay, they're young. But, uh, and the thing yeah, is, like you, like you mentioned earlier, so many MLS teams have youth right now. It, it isn't as special as it used to be when, like, mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy or Red Bulls were churning out youth earlier. Dallas was, uh, you know, a few years ago. Right. This one's this one's very wordy, Sorry. but tons of puns in it as well. Uh, so here we go. We got Walker Zimmerman instrumental in Music City. So uh, you know they made this trade going into their inaugural season, getting Walker Zimmerman. For some reason, LAFC was like, "Nah, you can have him." Yeah. I don't know about that. Right, and then uh, he just had a great season, defensive player of the year. Uh, they made the playoffs last year. They were a surprise team. They were the surprise team. We didn't get a good look at them early on because they had like two games. One of them against Atlanta, mm-hmm. who actually I think beat them, and then we had, uh, or maybe it was a draw. I can't remember. But then we had COVID, and then they couldn't do MLS's back because they had a COVID outbreak. So like like days before they were supposed to leave for Florida. So uh, then we get back there, and they just take off. They just took off, and they were great. And uh, I think we both, if we look at it, both have them um, making the playoffs. I, I just have them at seven. You have them at six, which is great. Um, what's your thoughts here on, on Nashville and Walker Zimmerman or anything you want to talk about here about in this headline? All right, so this is the, that that team that that like you know when when like the national guys and, and guys on like they have that that team that they just kind of crush on all year. This is my team I crush on all year, and, and the reason why is uh, Randall Leal really good, Ani Mukhtar really really good, Pinero who they added really good, Godoy Anibal Godoy and uh, Dax McCarty very solid defensively. And then you've got the best defense back line in the whole league, in my opinion, anchored by the man of the year, Walker Zimmerman. And then you've got a guy in yonder, Cadiz, who really didn't get to show exactly. I mean, he did get to show, but in a very limited capacity and trying to figure it out. And then you've got Rio behind him, Sapong behind him, Baji behind him. They've got a really good team. Um, I think – their biggest issue why I didn't have them even like higher was because sometimes the depth isn't there, right? And if Hani Mukhtar is not creating, then 
you know, who's creating? Is it Randall Leal? Is he stepping up and, and becoming the player he can become? Because I think there's still some some room in his game to work. Um, is Lovitz really coming up in the attack and creating like he was? Does Johnston really work out in the right back spot? Because they kind of just had him there. He was more of a winger when he was younger. Um, but again, I, I really like this team. Uh, I think Hani Mukhtar is overlooked. I, I like his skill, and I think that's why I have Nashville that high. So, what year is it, Logan? 2021. No, it's 1776 and a start of a revolution. <laughs> our here for the revolution. Uh, look, they, they really came on strong at the end of the year. They gifted mm-hmm. the Union the Supporter Shield the million times they played them. But mm-hmm. then in the playoff run, when, when Carlos, uh, Carlos Heel gets healthy, they go on a run. They knock out both of our teams, the Union and Orlando. And they get, uh, you know, they get this tag now because of that run that they're the dark horse to win MLS Cup. They're the dark horse to win the East. They're the dark horse to, you know, uh, win the Supporter Shield. They're the dark horse to win the U.S. Open. Every single dark horse they are, right? They're going to ride Paul Revere. Which people are saying on on Twitter right now. So is it the start of a revolution? Let me know. Um, Yeah. I think it is. I, I think that when you're looking at a team that has all the components and even maybe able to add even one more later on, because I know Bruce Arena alluded to the fact that he might want to add one more, um, that, that, that's that got to be concerning for the rest of the league because Columbus is really good. And nobody's – so you have the tiers, right? Matt Doyle put it perfectly. There, there's tiers in the MLS, right? You can We can probably agree that LAFC, Portland, and Columbus are in its own – world i think and the ones just below it are like new england you have maybe minnesota you have maybe you know whoever you got over in the west it's four or five uh maybe just below them but i I think this team new england is on the cusp of of really dominant tier two um it's all carlos heels uh performance right that's who it's going to come down to um Bo is really, really good in their midfield, Gustavo Bo. I think that he is one to watch. If they're going to play well, he needs to play well. They added Trostison, who I think is going to be fantastic. And then their defense, arguably the best goalkeeper in goal um, and somebody who's going to challenge for that U.S. men's nationals team's number one spot, at least give competition to Zach Steffen. So that's my thinking. Great in defense. Pretty solid in the center defense of mid and really solid in the attack with the buddy he or buddy heel um with carlos heel uh you know healthy and maybe buxa plays well that's another thing that they're gonna have to watch if buxa doesn't score then this team is not as good as as a lot of people think they're just a reminder logan has them second i have them third i'm not gonna say they're a dark horse from us cup Mm. i don't think they even i think they have a shot maybe but also what you gotta because bruce arena but what you also got to remember is that this team lost like four straight MLS cups. They also lost, uh, you know, like they lost four MLS cups. Uh, I think yeah. it was in a row. And then they also have the, uh, the loss against LA galaxy in like 2013, no 2011 or 12, uh, maybe 2014. Oh geez. Why can't I remember? But so I, I think that, I know this is a whole different group of players, but sometimes that seems to have, you know, these long Red Sox Cubs type, you know, <laughs> yeah, don't don't say that. Yeah, um, and yeah, they're up in Boston as well. So there you go. 
so I, I don't know. I, I, I can't see them winning it this year. I guess, you know, with MLS, anything's mm-hmm. possible. But I, I think if they give it another year and they bring in some even more talent, uh, they'd have a real, real shot. I think mm-hmm. I have them finishing above the Union. People will be like, why? Union won Supporter Shield last year. Uh, they're your team one. So wh- why do you have them? <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. For me, the Union, you know, they, they lost two good players. Uh, they've looked good in Champions League. Got to give it to the mm-hmm. Union. Looked a little rough preseason, looked good Champions League, but it's also like, mm, you know, the Revs, I think, have that more talent. They have the Carlos heel that, you know, they have this stuff that can really help them forward. And they got, you know, Bruce Arena, the best American coach in MLS um, history right now. So, right. Let's move on to NYCFC. The headlines get better now. Like they're really good. Do now, they? I think. Yeah, I uh, think so. in, in need of an empire state of mind or a stadium. Uh, so uh, this is NYCFC, obviously, with the stadium dig. Uh, what is your thoughts here on NYCFC and uh, why uh, why this headline here? Yeah, so I dug at him just because it was fun. Um, no, I, fun. I, I think it's fun because I'm a City fan and I know City Football Group and the fact that they don't have a stadium is just ludicrous. So I'm just digging at my my parent club. Um, but again, I think that they need an empire state of mind in the fact that they need to go in and win with confidence. And I'm not sure that they can with the players that they have. I think that it's a little concerning that they're going to rely a lot on Keaton Parks and Jason, James Sands. They're very good players, don't get me wrong. But with your two, you know, your two midfielders trying to lead an attack that, I mean, Castellanos, jury's still out. Is he proven enough to score at this, you know, high level where they could push up to the next level? I'm not sure they can. Medina on the wing, you know, can he play at the next level uh, and really push to escalate? I, I don't think so. So you get into a lot of those. Yeah, I don't know if they necessarily have that person to kind of push them over the top whereas these other clubs do have that someone to kind of push them over the top. James Sands and, and Keaton Parks will do their best to push them over the top, but that's just two guys that I don't, you know, with the guys in front of them, don't have that link-up play, and it's just going to be a whole lot of in the midfield relying on those two to try to create for guys that I would say are more than they're, – they're good goal scorers, but I would say that in a regular season and this season, it's going to be pretty status quo. For, for a lot of these guys. Just reminder, you have them eighth. I have them 10th. Yeah. I'm not really high right now on NYCFC. actually really higher on Red Bulls as we'll get to in the next one, mm-hmm. just from some of their moves. I don't think NYC has done enough really. And I think some of these other Eastern teams have done enough and have impressed me enough where I think NYCFC just doesn't have it. You know, no. uh, they don't, this is not the one with David Villa. This is not, you know, those, those NYCFC teams anymore. And uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't have much more else to say uh, on them. All right. We got Struber brings new energy to the Red Bulls. Um, Pun there with energy, right? Energy drink, Red Bulls. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. They got a young team. We got a new manager. You got Caden Clark. You have Caceres, right? You have uh, it, we we now have Amaya going there, right? And signing a new deal there that was official yesterday or today. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so your thoughts on the Red Bulls? Yeah. So, and again, I think this goes into more of like, they've got more of those players, right? They've got a Caceres, they've got, um, you know, Velo, they've got guys that can create any attack. Um, they've got Caden Clark, they've got Royer, uh, Carmona, um, Yearwood and Casares, I think that's going to be a, a pretty dumb. I think Casares is going to get to the point where they thought he would get to. Like they brought in this Venezuelan that they thought was going to be the guy, like part of this group that that these guys are going to be very, very good, like a golden age for Venezuela. And I think you do see that with Struber. Struber seems like he will have a plan for Casares to get him with his skills, his technical abilities, and his physical forward and, and playing more of an attacking role and kind of getting more involved in the attack and really creating there. Um, I, I do think their defense is pretty solid. Uh, I think, you know, Andre Reyes, eh, like coming from Miami, wasn't great there, but who knows what this kind of system could be with, especially next to Aaron Long, who seems to be kind of an anchor there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that this team actually does have more of those it factors, right? I think they've got guys that definitely come in and play better. They assigned Fabio, who I think could end up being a nice piece to add. Um, I guess the most interesting part will be Caden Clark leaving at the end of the season and heading over to Leipzig. Or is it yeah, solved? just as a rem- yeah, just as a <laughs> whichever. Caden uh, uh, Clark going to Leipzig, Leipzig I think yeah. is, is what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Reminder, I have them eighth, you have them ninth, so we're very close there. But I just I have them above NYCFC. So yeah. there you have it. I think uh, we'll just have to see how Struber does with these yeah. uh, with these kids pretty much. It is to me a little depressing. I know I'm supposed to be happy because the NY you know, Red Bulls are unions, uh whatever, rivals. Uh I don't care. I really don't. Uh but uh we have these you know, these times where they used to be bringing in people like Tim Cahill or Terry Henry. And I know that's kind of like what I mentioned Miami was doing and that's not good. But the fact that they were going out there and spending that money and bringing in big names while nowadays it's almost like a Dallas situation where they're just like, bring in a kid, ship them out, bring in a kid, you know, ship them out. Um, and you, and even did that with their manager, Jesse Marsh gone. Right. So, I hope that they are not going to just use this as a feeder club for their system for too much longer. I think that they have to go out there and win. they've never won MLS cup. They yeah. have to go out there and put in that effort or else why would Red Bulls be a fan? And that's the issue you're running into with NYCFC being bad. Red Bulls being bad. The NYCFC was supposed to come in and be like the LAFC to galaxy. Yeah. Right. That's what it's supposed to be. We're coming in. We're going to play hot soccer. We're going to be the hip thing in the city and we are actually playing in the city. It was almost the exact same dynamic that LAFC pulled, right? Mm-hmm. Started off okay. They got in the playoffs. They you know, had some chances at Silverware. Nothing happens there, and now they're falling off. And then you have the Red Bulls not surging forward, really. So it's, And they used to be good. They used to be winning supporter shields and challenging. And now you just have both New Yorks, and now that whole market is just nothing right now. Yeah. You had NYCFC playing in Connecticut, and then this year you have them playing at some games at Red Bull Stadium, which mm-hmm. is like Red Bull Arena. When you're like, we're in the city, and <laughs> yeah. now you're like, what? Well, we're actually not right now. Like, we're back <laughs> in Jersey now with the Red Bull. It, it's this mixed marketing thing, and like LAFC could have been the same way if they hadn't locked down that stadium. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they did because now they can say, yes, we play in LA. 
yes, yeah. we have these big name players. We got Carlos Vela. We got uh, you know Diego Rossi, and they're and they're getting players that are young, attacking, as you know, uh, young attackers and you know South American and you know Central American players. While NYC went more of the old uh, old school MLS approach of bringing in older players from overseas, so it's just kind of disappointing that um, that New York market is just nothing right now. Yeah, and and I look, I'm not a New York fan. I do not like any New York team really. Uh, you know, Yankees boo, uh, you know, Giants and Jets boo, and you know, Red Bulls, <laughs> NYCFC, I'm indifferent to actually dislike NYCFC more than Red Bulls. So, yeah, call me a bad union fan, I guess. Uh, let's move on to Orlando. We got is there more magic in Orlando or is it just the kingdom, meaning Magic Kingdom? Uh, what magic in Orlando are you talking about? Is it uh, Oscar Preo or is it some of these players they brought in? It's definitely not the basketball team because they just sold everybody. Um, and I'm not sure they're actually a basketball team anymore. Um, yeah, they were. And, weren't they like just, know, just borderline? Kind of weren't they borderline playoffs last year? Like just made it in, and then this year they're yes. like, eh, yeah, who cares? Sold everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like, let's trade everyone. So yeah, you and I have them fourth and fifth. I have them fourth. You have them fifth. Um, the reason why I have them and people are like, oh, you have them above Atlanta because you're an Orlando fan. No, like the reason why is because I think they've got actually more attacking pieces. They've got way more depth. Um, Orlando, when you look at their depth chart now, is it great depth? Uh, that's still, I think the jury's still out. There's a lot of young kids trying that's to the prove question. that they can play. Right. And, and that is, it's, can that depth succeed? And, you know, it sucks because like Daryl goes to Barnsley and Daryl doesn't like have a huge fingerprint on last year right he was good but he doesn't have like the but then he goes to barnsley and he's tearing the world up and you're like oh same amount of goals with him yeah eight goals at mls i think and eight goals at yeah eight goals and eight goals yep and they're looking at like you know what can we add um they do add alexander pato that's the big question is he you know is he going to be that striker or are they just a sitting duck right pun there um uh, so, you know, it's all Alexander Pazzo, I think, in, in my opinion. Chris Mueller, I think, is going to take another step forward and, and be better. You've got Mauricio Pereira. That's going to be really good. Nani's really good. They've got Alvarado behind him. Vandervater, they add in. Perea, who's uh, a good number 10 and can kind of move around the pitch elsewhere. They've got Bender and Mich- uh, uh, Benji Michelle. Um, Junior Erso and uh, Yuri that are really good. And then you've got Mendez behind him. Um Joao Matinho's out, so that'll be kind of a, a spot they're going to have to fill. But I think um, Smith is just a, a fine fit for that role of just playing there for a couple months, and I don't think they're going to miss a whole lot. Um, but again, it, it's is, is the proven depth going to be there for them? That that's my question. And you know, how do they fix that hole if DK doesn't come back and Pato doesn't work out? I me mean, off guard there. I thought you were going to keep talking for a minute. And then Orlando's uh, going to no. – <laughs> So, I, yeah, I do have them uh, fifth. I have them a little lower just because um, I do worry if DK is not back. And if I, I do worry if he's just not back until, like you said, at the end of the season and then goes to Gold Cup or something. You're looking at July or August. Yep. That, that won't be enough to carry them forward when you have, like, Philly, New England, Atlanta, and Columbus all having their, their players – back and ready so a little worried about that but and and worried about how pato is going to do because it seems very similar to like a higuain signing you know where you're like hopefully they can keep it going you know um but you don't know if they will 
So uh, that is, you know, uh, part of the problem with Orlando for me. But look, I love Oscar Perea. He's who I wanted as U.S. men's national team manager mm-hmm. um, after Arena. I was like, look, this guy's so good. You know, he did well with Dallas. He did well with the Rapids. So like, why aren't we just going to get this guy? And he would also be able to speak Spanish. He speaks English, right? He, he would be able to uh, help with our dual Nats. He'd be able to help with everything. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we go with Burhalter, who's been great with recruiting and stuff, so I can't say much about that. It's just that's how highly I think of Oscar Prea and you know, uh, I used to always throw his name around when, you know, we're talking about when I was talking about how um, there was times where I was like, why is Jim Curtin still our manager? We can have Oscar Prea's out there. You know, th- mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's part of the thing where you're like, why can't we get him to come over here and really love him? So I think it's, I think it's very, very interesting and we'll see how uh, the season goes with them. Let's get over to the union, the state of the union. Uh, which is kind of the question, uh, you know, the, from all reports, the preseason is pretty rough on the goal scoring front. Mm-hmm. Then they go out there and beat Saprissa in Costa Rica one nil. They beat Saprissa four nil in the Champions League at P- uh, at I was going to say PPL Park at <laughs> Subaru Park. <laughs> yeah, at Subaru Park. Uh, yeah, that's the third time the names changed, so I'm just mm-hmm. thrown off at this point. Um. And it's hard to make, you know, was Saprissa as good as some of these MLS teams? You would think so. They're one of the best Costa Rican teams. It's hard to translate that kind of stuff. You know, we talked about it on stoppage time when you're like, how good is the EPL? They got like all these teams in the Champions League. But you're like, but how does it translate to some of these other, like, you know, if, if Chelsea beat Porto, is that the same as beating Wolves? Like, it's hard to like kind of figure this out sometimes and, that's why going into it, you know, the union looked really great last night. They, they looked mm-hmm. awesome, and, and I feel great about the state of the team. But there's still those question marks of we spent all that money. Uh, we got all that money on, uh, on uh, Aronson and, and McKenzie. Didn't put a lot back into it. Though I think some people are forgetting that we did sign Stuart Finley and, and Flock. Yes. Right? So, yes. I mean, let's not forget about that. That Flock looks pretty good. I think from the two games I've seen them, uh, Finley came in a little bit in the second half uh, when we had the game in hand. So didn't get to see too much from him. But I think this team does have depth. You know, I think Finley was a good depth signing. I think Flock has been pretty good. I think uh, we have the youth players, Fontana. You know, I saw people asking yesterday and on Twitter today, why wasn't Paxton playing? The kid's 17. Yeah. Kid 17. Yeah. Let's not rush him. We didn't rush Brendan. Let's not rush Paxton. Uh he'll come in when he needs to come in. So I think the union's okay. I, I do feel better about them since watching them in the Champions League, even though I said I don't want that to affect my predictions here. Uh I didn't. I already did this before we faced them, but I have them fourth, you, you have them third. I think fourth is great. That's right in that spot of the home game. And you can't ask for much more than that. You know, this is a full season. I can't be like, you got to win supporter shield again. I can't even say you got to win MLS cup. I say, if you can make an MLS cup run where you get semifinals, you know, the Eastern conference finals and 
you finish fourth, and let's say you make a run to beat Atlanta in the Champions League, that's a successful season for the Union for me. You got to make the playoffs, win a game. I, I'll say this: make the playoffs, win a game in the playoffs, and beat Atlanta in the Champions League. I think it's a pretty successful Union season, to be honest. You'd be in the semifinals of the Champions League in your first time ever in it. That would be pretty great. So I'm not asking for a lot because I know last year was a, a weird year. You know, um, if COVID doesn't happen, they probably don't win Supporter Shield. Your thoughts on the State of the Union? The State of the Union is my dark horse for MLS Cup in the East. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why, Jordan. And I know you're a Union fan. And, and the the – the union fan in you, uh, I think, gets to you some. Um, I actually, you know, listening to some of the guys talk and, and Goss and them talk about the union, um, like Brendan Aronson was good. Uh, Mark McKenzie was good. But, like, you don't even really almost notice last night. Like, even the night before, like when they played Supreza before. Like, this team is a good team. And they're they're probably, I would say that that, Curtin would be maybe a dark horse like coach of the year because and I, I wish they would give him the props that he deserves because this is a team that like he's taken from ground up and built into this club that they're not like the big spenders. Like you said, they're, they invest in youth and that's what they've done. And they go and invest in players that aren't as well known, but it's worked out well. Their biggest question mark is Fontana. I think, uh, you know, is he able to step into a 10 role and play that way? However, if Montero is going to play the way he did, I'm not sure Fontana is going to really have to worry too much about being, mm -hmm. you know, maybe average at a 10 for his first year as he's trying to learn the position. Montero, Montero was involved in all four goals, yes. two assists, oh. two goals. Dude, he's, he was like, I, I mean, if you look at the dominant 10s, like, yeah, obviously he doesn't know what to spend, but like over those two games, he was by far the best player on the pitch. Maybe Jose Martinez joins him, and that's scary because that diamond that they have, that Fontana, Montero, Bedoya, Martinez, that's probably the best four that you could put, especially if Fontana does work out and plays really well. That diamond is terrifying, and not to mention they have the best defense still, I think. Honestly, I think they've got – Bozio is – simply amazing in attack and he defends really well. He's very physical. He's very chippy. I love that. Uh, Glesnus played extremely well. Flock played, I mean, unbelievable. And Flock can kind of drop into those wingback spots really well too. And in the defensive mid area, uh, Elliot was fantastic. Kai, Kai Fogner has probably been the most impressive one of the bunch because I just love his grittiness. I mean, this team, man, I, I love watching Philly. Like, I do. It's a lot of fun. Casper's great. Casper made some great runs last night. Um, and, great and, header. Yes. Great header in there. And, and when Santos gets healthy, DeVries is going to play well and mm -hmm. continue his development. And then you have the best keeper in uh, MLS over the last year and Andre Blake. So – and he he made one last night, Jordan. I don't – you didn't get to see it because it was on the other end. So you might have got a good shot of it. This dude went like – I promise you he jumped maybe three, four feet. I mean, the guy skies and just grabs one out of the air and just like sucks it back down. And it was like, yeah, that's not fair. That's not a fair advantage. Like Matt Turner is great, but I'm not sure right now there's a better goalkeeper in this league than Andre Blake. So that's my thing. I think they're a dark horse. I'm really excited to watch Union play. Jeez, if they win MLS Cup, I will freak out. That'd be great. my dark horse. Yeah. That'd be great. 
I just defend so well. Like I want to host it too. I want to host yeah. it so I can go. That's what Columbus, I want to do. I mean, Columbus has a if Columbus has a challenger, I think their defense might be the most challenging for them. Yeah. Let's go to under construction. This is for uh, this is for RSL. Is that you right? You missed one, Portland. <laughs> Which one? They're in the wrong. I don't, oh. don't have them. Yeah, I didn't. You make don't have them, them huh? Oh, okay. It's Portland because they're at the pinnacle. Portland uh, at the pinnacle. Let's just talk yeah. about that real quick. Yeah. yeah, bad producing on my end. But uh, yesterday, or what was it? Tuesday? They played Tuesday, right? No, they played yeah. before Union. They no, they played, played Tuesday. Union. Yeah. Are they did? Yeah. Oh, Atlanta played before you. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. So anyway, they looked scary. <laughs> I mean, the Charas, scary. Yemi played really well. He did. Uh, <laughs> they were I, so exciting. Sorry. Oh, but yeah. Like you said, I mean, it's just athletic. Eric Williamson put a ball between Nutmeg, the guy like put it between him and got it back. He lost it eventually. But there was one play where he's like on the on the far side of the pitch and he puts one just, I mean, just barely touches it. Nutmeg right through the guy, picks it up with his left foot and is going forward, but then tries to cross it back that way and he and he loses it. But he and again, I always tweet this, and I will continue tweeting this throughout the year. Why he and Jeremy Obobasi um, missed the Olympics is will always be uh, something that just blows my mind because those two, I mean that that fixture that fixes your problem in the attack immediately. I mean those mm-hmm. two just look so good. Um, and then Diego Valeri, ages like fine wine, probably the sleeper pick for for an MVP because he just he's he just was good. Like he's just so good. And it doesn't matter how old he is, but you you said it, Jordan, and you can talk to him now. But they were so good, just so exciting to watch. Like <laughs> it, it it is really like, look. And I never thought the Union would be exciting to watch. Yesterday, you know, I was like, it was so nice to see Portland put them away. It was nice to see the Union put a team away, but this Portland team putting them away was just was was fantastic. I, I it was, it was like. Oh my goodness! They're just scoring goals, and uh, there were some really great goals too. And it was, man, we got both Charos. They're they're, they're great, and we got Valeri, we got Williamson, Abobasi. I mean, I'm just I'm just naming these players, and it's like, geez, I don't know if there's a team that has this type of talent. Besides Columbus. <laughs> Besides Columbus and maybe LAFC, though I think they have to kind of come back. You know, like Portland, mm-hmm. I think, is for me definitely the favorites of the West because they just look so good, so good doing it. And they looked a little rough in that first Champions League game. You know, they, they would score and then immediately give up a goal. And they had a few shaky moments uh, in that second leg, but they were able to score enough goals where if they even gave up one, it would have been fine. But I don't know, man. I, I think that they are at the pinnacle, and I think if you're a Portland fan, if you don't win a trophy this year, whether it's a Porter Shield or MLS Cup, then it'd probably be a disappointment, honestly, because mm-hmm. we talked about this when we had Sam on. We don't know how long some of these players like Diego Chara, Diego Valeri are going to last, where you got to get them another MLS Cup. you got to get them some sort of trophy before you know they ride off into the sunset again. Uh, not again, but I mean, you have to win another, you have to get them another piece of silver before they ride off at the sunset. You got MLS's back. That's great. But 
10 years from now, 20 years from now, are you counting it? I think some people still will be like, yeah, we want MLSs back, but its significance was during COVID. And I don't know, like, how do you, you know, like, what's the legacy of that going to be when we're in a post-COVID world, like 20 years from now? Are people going to be like, oh, yeah, that weird uh, coronavirus outbreak we had? We won a cup during that? Mm-hmm. Does it count? Eh, for me, any trophy counts. So, yes, I would still count it. But we don't know what it's going to look like 20 years from now when people be like, oh, yeah, they won MLSs back. You know, and they also won MLS Cup in 2015. So obviously, they won two pieces of silverware. They can ride off in the sunset. They they gotta win an actual MLS Cup again because that's what the fans want, right? The fans want MLS Cup. Um, there's no doubt about it. If you win MLS Cup, you know nobody's saying Columbus's doesn't count because it was COVID. Uh, you know, but a, a cup that was made just for um, COVID was, you know, people are gonna write that off. I think. But what I liked about what the NWSL is doing is that they did their Challenge Cup at the beginning of this season. That's what a lot of people wanted MLS back to do. And I think that would have been cool. Um, And maybe then you would actually start counting that as real silverware. And uh, like I said, not saying I don't count it as real silverware, but I just think, you know, again, what's the legacy of that cup, you know, later on down the road? Let's get to RSL now with under construction here. Um, And just real quick, when I post this, we both have Portland winning Supporter Shield and being number one in the West. Uh, when we look at where we both have RSL, uh, both of us have him in 11th, uh, just above Houston, but just below the brand new Houston uh, Austin FC. Why, why I keep doing Houston, Houston and Austin FC. at the same time? Yeah. Why I keep doing that? Austin FC. Um, your, your thoughts here on RSL? Um. And the reason why, I mean, people really want to pick them for uh, Wooden Spoon. The reason why I have them a little higher, though, and performing better than Vancouver and, and Houston is just because they, they've they got guys that, like, have had success. They just haven't had it with RSL because of their identity. And I think that that's something that they find. Um, you know, going into the year, I, I think that you've got, you've got a pretty good defense, right? I, I think Justin Glad and Aaron Herrera play on that right side, that's a pretty good mix matched up with Silva um, as the left center back. So that's a decent mix. Uh, Resnick and Kralich and Anderson Julio, who they just added Martinez and and Ruben. Those are guys that, that at one point were proven. Um, That being said, they just don't have any identity and their, their culture is such a mess, but I do think at least with them, they're going in the right direction. Whereas I think sometimes these teams tend to be treading backwards or kind of just treading water in place. I think at least RSL is trying to set themselves up for at least getting ready to move forward. Like this is the year that I think will be their worst year. Um, But I don't think it's worse than what Vancouver and Houston will do. Um, And that's why I have them where they do. I, I just think that they've got enough proven guys that do step up. And I think their defense is decent enough not to leak goals and end up down in that bottom area. All right. I don't have much to add here, so I'm going to move on. Gotcha. Uh, Cause we're running really long. So I no, that's fine. Uh, we got looking for the epicenter. This is obviously an earthquakes headline here. Um, we're looking for the epicenter of the attack, right? Does Wando yep. keep scoring? Is he still going to be, uh, you know, Wando this season? Uh, they brought in Chofis. 
uh, right? They have uh, Jackson Yule, Christian, Christian Espinosa. You know, but can they defend? Uh, that was, you know, they led, they were exciting to watch last year because they gave up so many goals that, and they would also score a lot of goals. They would beat LAFC like 4 1 and then lose to Galaxy 3 0. And you're like, I don't yeah. understand what's going on here. And uh, do you think they've done enough to, uh, to improve? Yeah, I think they have. I mean, uh, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, how do you say his name? Abbasasis? I don't know how you say his last name. Um, they add different pieces in. I think Marchinkowski steps into a nice role there. Alanis, Al- Al- uh, God, they've got the worst names. Jungworth, um, Lopez back in the back. I think those are solid enough to where it's not going to be like the disaster that happened last year. So I think that that's improved. And like you said, I think that their attack was fine. Like I think Espinosa is really good. I think Showfeast will play really well in this league. Um, and I think with his uh, – what's the guy's name? Help me. Uh, what's the coach's name? Almeida. Thank you. Um, it's his pickings, right? So I think that that helps a little bit. Jackson Ewell is probably the best player in U23, maybe besides Hassani Dotson, right? So, that I mean, he played pretty well. Judson's going to just be solid the whole time. They add Eric Rometty. Uh, so that's going to help defensively too. Um, and then Rios and Wando, and you know who knows how many matches Mondo plays. But I don't think this team is as bad as they were last year, at least defensively. So that should help them. We both have them ninth. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them. We're going to do their opening game. You can catch us live streaming, talking like we are now. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, or if you're watching us now on Thursday. We'll be doing live. It's at 8 o'clock. Kickoff is actually at 8.08. It's on ESPN+. Plus. So if you're watching the game on ESPN+, Plus and you want to open us on another tab or put us on a phone or TV while you're watching one on your phone, whatever you're doing, uh, we'll be on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We'll post a link on Twitter as well like we did today. And you can uh, hang out with us, chat with us, talk to us about the game as we kick off the 2021 MLS season. Just want to plug that before we move on to Restless in Restless in Seattle. Great movie reference. Never seen it, though. Sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) Uh, But uh, let's go ahead and take a look. We both have Seattle close to each other. You have them in fourth, making that home game. I have them in fifth. Um, They're down Jordan Morris. He was going to be gone probably anyway to Swansea, probably Mm -hmm. full-time, I'd assume. But, you know, if if it had panned out right. But he is, you know, injured. He's going to be out a while. You just mentioned Ladero's injured to start off the season, it sounds like. They did bring in Freddie Montero. Uh, they've, you know, they're as we're close to a dynasty. You know, they, if they had won like one more MLS Cup, they would have had three in like five years. That would have been pretty great. Where does Seattle go from here? And what do you think here in this headline? down <laughs> uh and the restless comes from going down uh this th- like you said this team is as close to this uh, dynasty in american soccer as we have and and currently yeah i mean the yeah, galaxy right, and like the early, yeah, yeah, right. yeah and but dc like, in the early 90s but the i guess you could say maybe it's an end of an era where the sounders are gonna absolutely just pummel people and a lot of it has to do with jordan morris like that is a huge loss um and I'm not sure there that Kellen Rowe can replace that, that, uh, you know, guys that they're bringing in, like a roll down can go in and, and fill up in that spot and replace him. Like 
you know, there's just not spots that, that can – the wings aren't going to replace him. Uh, Armandurando or whatever his name is not going to replace him. Um, so I, I just – in the creative attack, it's going to be lacking, I think, some. Uh, I There was talk that Schmetzer was going to play a front two. Like he's pretty set on playing a front two, which I think Jordan and I, you were talking about this. I think it's Rui Diaz, and I actually think Freddie Montero jumps mm-hmm. over Bruin and plays in that spot because I do think Bruin is more of that ideal off the bench kind of guy. Um, so I think that maybe Freddie gets some uh, some good run, and maybe Freddie can kind of spark up a, a career since his is kind of fading. But um, yeah, I, I think that like they're still a decent team. Uh, and it's a very crowded West. They've got Nicholas Ladero, yet he's hurt and has some kind of injuries. So. You know, I, I think that's a that's a big issue, and and I'm not sure that the defense is as good as it needs to be. Uh, it's solid, but it's not dominant. Um, so again, I think there is there's going to be some regression here, and a lot of it's to do with Jordan Morris. All right, let's move on to Peter's Palace. This is Sporting Kansas City here. Um, you know, Beasler is gone, right? Uh, we have. Uh, Gabby Kinda and Polito, who should be, you know, doing well uh, this season. But we are a little different on our approach. You have them fifth. I have them fourth. I think that they'll be pretty good. Peter Vermees does not usually have a team struggle for long. So the fact that they struggled in like 2019 and have rebounded in a short 2020 and are, you know, back at it this year, I think that they'll be fine. What's your thoughts here on Sporting Kansas City? Yeah, I think Pulido, it all depends on his shoulders. If he is as dominant and healthy, then this team could be even you know, higher than I have him. Obviously, I think where you have him is a good spot. I don't think they're above a Minnesota or you know, obviously LAFC and, and Tempers. But um, this is that team that I think that uh, people slept on last year because they said they had an easy schedule. But I still think they're a pretty solid team. Um one that I really am interested in watching is what happens to Buzio. I think that a lot of people either are high on him or not so high on him. I know that you think that he's not quite as highly rated after mm-hmm. watching him, where I'm more on the other side of you, kind of going, I think he does have some skills that could relate over to Europe, but I guess we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, you said it pretty much. Uh, you know, Peter Vermees not going to struggle for long, and this team is pretty much a, a solid playoff team year in and year out. Going beyond the wall, we're going to Toronto. You know, uh, up north, over the wall with the ice uh, with the White Walkers. We're going to Toronto. Chris Armis is in out the door, injured again. It seems uh, Pozuelo should be his old self. We got uh, Michael Bradley looking like twenty some year old Michael Bradley out there yeah. yesterday. Yeah he was. Uh, your thoughts here on Toronto because they kind of surprised us. They knocked out Club Leon here. Uh, we were kind of down on them earlier when we were talking Toronto. What's your and thoughts predicting. here on Toronto FC? And predicting them. Um I this is the team that'll probably smash me in the face and and end up like third or fourth or something stupid. Um, <laughs> no, but I, the the biggest issue is Michael Bradley not being able to play like he's twenty year old Michael Bradley all the time. Josie Altador, can we just write it off as he's just not a healthy person, like a healthy player? Like he's just not. Like uh, it sucks because 
God, that that whole World Cup thing is just it's lived so vividly in my head. And it's the legs, it's the hamstrings, it's the quads, it's the calf, it's the heavy legs. And that's age. I mean, that, that, and as you age, it's getting worse. So it's it's becoming worse for him. Now, I will say their youth played really, really well yesterday. Um, and I was really impressed with a lot of their guys. Osario played well. Uh, the kid that they had up top, uh, what the heck was his name? Uh, it might have been – oh, Kello. That's who it was. He's like this big bruising midfielder, and he was playing a lot like up in the top of the attack. And this kid's like – I think – like I don't know exactly, but because I guess soccer players aren't necessarily the tallest people, but like this guy this, – he looked like a tower when he was playing. Um, but again, lots of question marks because they're young. Um, their defense, I think, is going to be solid. That's why the wall thing is is in this uh, headline. That they, they've got a really good defense, just pretty darn solid all the time. And, and Mavinga kind of anchors that. So, um, yeah, that's really all I got to say about Toronto. Toronto might surprise some people with how good they are, and Chris Armis might not be as bad. He, I mean, that was a hell of a performance they put on against Leon. You're muted, Jordan. Yeah, I have – sorry. I have them uh, six. You have them seven, so they are making the playoffs. Uh, not as high as they'd want to be, but no time for spooning. Talking about the Whitecaps here, who we have on the West in 13th. We don't have them winning the spoon, but they're going to be close to it, I think. I think that they are a contender for the wooden spoon if – Montreal finds their feet here. They did bring in Day Bear, right? Uh, they need to find an identity. They lose Freddie Montero. Where are they going from here, Logan? So they added a couple. I mean, we did this one first. Um, second. No, second, yeah, second. Um, and so they've added some places like Chow Alexander. Uh, they added, I think, Tiber was maybe added. Maybe not. Casado uh, had already been there. Um, Adnan, uh, is in the left back spot and he's good. Gasper, the right back, I think they added him. Um, but they, I mean, they do, they, they, they added some nice pieces, but it all goes to identity. And that's my big struggle with them. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to find like Cavallini's good, but I just don't know if there's enough to create for him. I like, and especially cause they, they flirted with Dahomey up top and, moving him around and maybe trying to find Theo, Theo, Theo bear, any kind of spots um, in, in the lineup. I, it's just a team that you kind of look around and go, okay, where, where are we going? What direction are we going in? Um, and uh, that's not usually worked out very well for Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, when you said what direction they're going in, I pointed down. Uh, we have them at 13th place here in the West. Um that wraps up our uh, long-winded <laughs> our long-winded preview. I do want to highlight some things here as well. Uh, while we were talking and going on, Aiden Morris actually hyperextended his knee in this CCL match. So Columbus down another player. Could be a rough start for Columbus this season. Uh, like I said, we're going to be doing Houston-San Jose live stream. That's on uh, MLS on ESPN+. Plus. That's an 8.08 kickoff, exactly. The next game is Seattle versus Minnesota, who our friends at the final third will be going live on. So we implore you to 
watch them right after you watch us because I think I'm going to do that. Uh, that kickoff is at 9.55. So it says 9.30, but the game is actually going to kick off at 9.55. The new MLS website actually was nice enough to tell us yes, that's when nice it's kicking off. Other games this weekend, Saturday, you got Montreal versus Toronto at 2 o'clock. That's on ESPN+. Plus. You have Orlando versus Atlanta, which will be where Logan is. And you have uh, Unimas, T-U-D-N. And if you want to stream it, it's on Twitter in English. The other ones are in Spanish. That's at 3 o'clock on Saturday. 6 o'clock on Saturday, LAFC versus Austin. Austin Austin kicks off their season. That's going to be on Fox, the big Fox. Then on Saturday at 8 p.m., you got DC versus New York City FC. That's on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 8 o'clock is Dallas and Colorado on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 8 o'clock is Red Bull Kansas City on ESPN+. Plus. And then on Saturday at 8.30 is Chicago versus New England on ESPN+, Plus, along with Nashville and Cincinnati on, you guessed it, ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> On Saturday at 8.30. Then on Sunday, we have 3 p.m. Miami versus LA Galaxy. That's on ABC. And uh, David Beckham just put out a Instagram post saying, I've waited 10 years for this amazing moment to watch the team I own play against the team that brought me to the USA. Can't wait to welcome the Galaxy to our beautiful inner Miami home on Sunday. Uh, temporary home. Uh, you get, uh, That's at 3 o'clock on ABC. Then you also get on Sunday Columbus, the MLS Cup winners versus Supporter Shield winners, Philadelphia Union at 5.30 on FS1. So that should be fun. Then to round out the weekend, Vancouver facing off against Portland in a Cascadia Cup matchup at 10 p.m. on MLS Live on ESPN+. Plus. So that is my weekend. And we'll probably record on Tuesday, release it probably Wednesday, and look ahead to the next week. We'll do our first match of the week preview. Uh, we might be able to get a guest on to talk about Austin FC's first game ever. So it's going to be a fun season. Thank you, everybody, for your support, like I said last time at the end of our interviews. Logan, any parting thoughts here as we wrap it up? I am just so excited for, for the MLS season 2021. I think this is one of the more competitive years to come. And I think that, you know, it'll be awesome kind of watching on as a first year follower. And I can't wait to go to my first MLS game. And so, season ticket holder. Yeah, I'm pumped. And I can't wait to see some of these Eastern teams that we've been talking about. So looking forward to it. And I just want to thank everybody that's come on um, for our season previews. I can't wait to do it again next year. Um, yes. And I'm sure it won't take nearly as long to get those notes ready because we'll be watching all year. Um, and we really look forward to hanging out with you guys the rest of the season. You can follow us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, or Facebook.com slash Stateside Show or email us statesideshow at gmail.com. You can always watch uh, these replays of our live shows on YouTube. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, youtube.com slash it's on the link tree. So go ahead that somebody just liked us on Facebook and we will rich did. Hey rich. Uh, we're wrapping yeah. up. We will catch you all tomorrow. Hopefully for the Houston uh, uh, San Jose game. If not, we'll break it all down next week where we talk all that happened on the weekend. So thank you everybody and enjoy opening weekend of MLS 2021.
Marr throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.